please feel free to say hello tell us where you're watching from we are on the Twitter stroke well it's not Twitter stroke it's X formerly Twitter app of course uh, Highland Radio we're on YouTube Highland Radio Ireland uh, and you can watch us on YouTube on your uh, smart TV or your fire stick if that suits you and across your mobile devices on all those apps including Facebook Highland Hub Highland News and Sport and if that were not enough if you go onto our website, highlandradio.com, there's a little watch live button and you click that and you're in as well. So, uh, anyway, good to have you on board wherever uh, or however you're consuming us uh, today. Lots coming up on the show, including uh, a little later on, we're going to be speaking to Senator Lisa Chambers. Of course, she's found herself uh, thrust into the centre of the uh, referendums uh, debate. Uh, we'll talk about that as we go through the newspapers because actually I'm really quite interested to uh, pull your points of view on that uh, and on her position and also the calls from within politics for her to step down, which to me, and as I say, I'll talk about in a little moment, uh, and this is regardless of, of, of who, who, who wh whichever party or none someone's a member of, Again, I'm getting the sense that politicians calling for her to resign is another example, maybe, of politicians being out of touch with the electorate. But anyway, listen, I'll propose that uh, to you a little later on. Okay, well, Miss Chambers has now cancelled her. She, she's not available. Anyway, we're still going to talk about it. All right, okay, uh, Finn Valley Voice this morning. Uh, we'll go through the newspapers. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Live radio is very fluid. Uh, one minute it's on, then it's off. Uh, Ballad Buffet's newest destination for live music and cocktails, Gallon's Bar, Navany Street, has formerly uh, the former Heaney's You Drop In is officially open, uh, boasting an impressive array of amenities. The bar uh, offers, uh, as it says in the newspaper, an unparall unparalleled uh, entertainment experience. Okay. Uh, on to uh, the Irish Daily Mail and uh, we'll start with the front page story here. Pressure now on Lisa Chambers to resign over vote. Uh, Fianna Fáil Senator Lisa Chambers advocated to take the word mother out of the Constitution last year despite saying this week that she could never vote to do so. In an interview in RTE's uh, Drive Time programme in March 2023 about the proposed changes, Ms Chambers said it was time for the Constitution to reflect the modern Ireland and that she did not, did not believe the inclusion of mother was necessary. Several Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael senators told the Irish Daily Mail privately last night they believed Miss Chambers should resign as leader of the Shannon. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but throughout the course of the referendum from when it, it was, they were first announced, uh, well, first got sight of the uh, Citizens' Assembly wording, I had a view I, I, what way I might go uh, and then as the uh, then as the as the campaign went on my position changed and then it hardened into um into to which way I would vote um is a politician's not allowed to do that as well and I'm not about senator chambers or whoever it might be uh, but our politicians because I put it to and I have to I put it to um deputy Parr McLaughlin yesterday that um you know Sinn Féin obviously initially advocated a yes yes then then they started to have concerns about it well come out and say no, no, then at that point. Um, that's effectively in, in, in saying they got it wrong, they got the mood of the people wrong, that's what they're saying. Uh, and yet now we have um, Senator Lisa Chambers, who's not part of a cult, she's part of Fianna Fáil. Uh, she's saying, initially she said yes, yes. Initially she thought the word mother should be taken out of the Constitution. Uh, a couple of weeks ago she did campaign for a yes, yes, but now she's advocating a no, no. What I'm interested in, in your view, do you respect the senator more for that and being honest and coming out and speaking publicly about it and admitting that her position had changed? Uh, or do you think she should go? 
because the census is now that if you remember of a party and you sort of speak outside you know what the party is saying then that's uh, cause enough for you uh, to be sacked from your position so what do you think should she uh, do you think the treatment of Lisa Chambers or anyone else actually who's now advocating a no-no from whichever party you're non they're part of not advocating but suggesting that they uh, voted no-no uh, do you think do you have more respect for Lisa Chambers because of the stance she's taken or do you agree with senators elected politicians and such that she now her position is somewhat untenable and if we could park our any political allegiances out there it would be uh, I'd be interested but she canvassed for a yes yes a couple of weeks ago then she said she read up on it did a bit of research I'm paraphrasing it here and changed her mind to vote no no what do you think do you respect her more for being honest now or do you think that her position is untenable as some seemingly do because of her shift in position as I say I'd be very interested to sort of gauge the mood of the great uh, Northwest public and beyond to see what you guys think out there uh, the Irish Times this morning, Taoiseach Leo Faradkar said he will ask US President Joe Biden to follow the lead of past President Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton and become involved in the push for peace in Gaza when he meets him later this week in the White House. Speaking in Boston during the second day of his trip to the US, Mr Faradkar said he would have been very keen to push the case for a ceasefire when he meets uh, the president for the traditional Shamrock Bowl ceremony in the Oval Room in Sunday or on Sunday. More importantly, I'll ask America to get in, America to get involved once again in the drive for peace. It happened before with President Carter. It happened before with President Clinton. I think hopefully President Biden can take the lead on this. Now I'm going to ask you another question because I'm going to. <laughs> And it's really actually to sort out a little bit of confusion I have in my mind, and I mean this in earnest. Um, what is happening, and we've discussed it extensively on this programme, uh, so um, there's absolutely no doubt that uh, it is horrendous what is happening in Gaza. And I think particularly, uh, I think particularly, well not particularly, what is horrendous is the... the the, the slaughter of innocent children and women and, and men for that matter uh, and I think uh, you know Ireland whilst some might feel we've not gone far enough and when I say we I mean the leaders of the country those elected or those appointed after the election um, certainly we are one of the most vocal countries opposing uh, what's happening in Palestine what I don't understand is and maybe you might be able to explain this to me uh, for a long time on this program, listeners have been saying that we should be using our neutral voice to actually also uh, campaign and lobby for um, a peaceful uh, solution, the end of the war in, in the Ukraine. Why aren't, why would, and as I say, pardon my ignorance, but why would the likes of Leo Varadkar not, not go and meet people with influence like, you know, China, uh, Turkey and others, uh, or even America for that matter, and implore, uh, implore, those leaders also to try and find a peaceful outcome to the war in Ukraine. Um, I understand that uh, Taoiseach Leo Farrakhan is using his platform and that meeting to campaign for an end to the uh, atrocity in the Middle East. I think we could all uh, get on board with that. Too little, too late, some might say. But where is the same language in relation to what's happening in Ukraine um, I, I don't believe um, that obviously it, it's not having the same devastating impact on the population, but still hundreds of thousands of, of primarily young men have died and many more will die. Why? And again, I'm asking this from a position of ignorance. Why are we not 
using our voice or the same type of language to try and um, resolve the situation over there. Not to say back down to Russia or not to say, you know, but actually just say, lads, lassies, get around the table and sort this out. We're not calling for that, but we are as it relates. And I'm going to say we, you know, you know what I mean by that. Uh, yet we are in the Middle East. And I, I haven't seen that addressed publicly as to why that is. But I know the good listeners of Highland Radio will educate me, please, if you can, on 0866025000. The Independent tells us that the HSE suffered an IT glitch uh, that weakened security around the vaccination details of more than one million people, the agency has admitted. The organisation misconfigured a COVID-related database in December of 21. A spokesperson said opening the details of more than a million people to potential exploitation. In a statement, the health body said no personal data was accessed by hackers or malicious parties. However, it did not report the issue to the Data Protection Commissioner, which uh, was made aware of the data lapse this week by the Irish Independent and is now examining the issue. Right, they didn't notify the uh, Data Protection Commissioner. Remarkable. On to the Irish Daily Star now, and two-thirds of councillors revealed they have suffered damage to their property, arson, racial abuse and threats of death and physical and sexual violence. Ireland's 929 councillors were asked to detail the shocking catalogue of intimidation and harassment between 2021 and 2023. 64% of the 226 respondents revealed they have been a victim of threats, harassment and intimidation over the past two years. Of these, 38% encountered threats on social media. Almost 33% faced face-to-face encounters, including physical attacks and racial abuse. A breakdown shows that almost 36% of threats made were of violence towards councillors, some 17% of threats related to damage to property, and over 5% were threats of violence towards a councillor's family, and almost 5% were uh, death threats. Two-thirds have received threats, intimidation or abuse over those two years, 21 to 23. A lot of you out there would have been fans of uh, Paul O'Grady. He passed away, but details of his estate have been revealed today. Paul O'Grady left €585,000 for Battersea Dogs and Cats Home in his £17.5 million will. I didn't realise he was really that uh, quite successful. The sanctuary featured in his ITV series For the Love of Dogs, Paul, 67, who died of cardiac arrhythmia last uh, March, left 907000 in total to good causes, including... €58,500 each to Elephant and Orangutan Charities in India and uh, Borneo uh, of his uh, €17.5 million um, that he had accrued through his career. And uh, finally, good news if you want to stay, (laughs) want to be positive for your health, but uh, some of the targets are a little bit too high. Apparently exercising two and a half hours a week uh, for health is good for you. Exercising for just uh, two hours and 30 minutes uh, spread across the week. PoppyDental.com Blue Poppy Dental and Orthodontics at Kenny and Donegal Town. Gift vouchers available. Get ready for an amazing bank holiday weekend sale at Easy Living Furniture. For this weekend only, absolutely everything's reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 429 Donut 240cm dining table for only 249 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Crescent Link Retail Park.
Look no further than iMotors for your next car. With a vast selection of top quality used vehicles to choose from, we have something for every budget and lifestyle. Whether you're searching for a reliable starter car, a spacious SUV or a sleek sports car, our friendly team is here to help you find the perfect match. Visit iMotors.ie and discover why we are the go-to destination for used cars in the Northwest. Right, uh, European Movement Ireland has uh, launched the Can Vote, Will Vote campaign to encourage Irish people to vote in the upcoming European Parliament elections. The elections will take place across the EU between the 6th and 9th of June this year. MEP candidates elected to the European Parliament will shape and influence the direction of the European Union for the next uh, five years. Uh, Noelle O'Connell is CEO of the European Movement Ireland. Good morning to you. Good morning, Greg. How are you? I'm doing good. Tell us a little bit about the European Movement Ireland. I presume it's uh, an an independent body. Uh, What's its role? Well, our role, and uh, we're celebrating 70 years young this year, Greg, of working to develop the connection between Ireland and Europe. So we're a not-for-profit voluntary membership organisation that works in the areas of engagement, education, uh, communications. And we're really about encouraging people to uh, get involved and have their say on Ireland's relationship with the EU and also to act as a conduit of putting forward and bringing that Irish perspective at all levels in Europe. Yeah, indeed. And um, obviously we've seen in the referenda last uh, Friday a turnout of less than 50% people having the right to vote and and not using it. I'm sure you're encouraging as many people as uh, that do have the vote to use it as possible. Absolutely, Greg. I mean, we, I think we saw was a turnouts of about 44% at the, the referendums on, on Friday. And obviously, as you said, uh, over, you know, there's 450 million citizens in the EU will be going to the polls from the 6th to the 9th of June. And in Ireland, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be Friday, the 7th of June. And we really want people, and we're, that's what we're encouraging about. That's what our Can Vote, Will Vote campaign is, for people to check the register, make sure they're they're on it, and to go out and have their say because who we elect is is really important and who represents us in in Brussels and Strasbourg is really, really important for us as as a country. And that's why we're encouraging people to get out and to to have their say. And and in fairness, Midlands Northwest is a really large constituency, lots of counties there, um, and you'll have five MEPs. So we really want people to go out to to check our website, um, have a look at who's running. Obviously, with the health warning that as more candidates declare, uh, we'll continue to update our website. So we'd really encourage people who are standing for election to get in touch with us. We want to make sure we've everybody on the website so that people can see who's running and uh, can, you know, inform themselves and and, uh, get an idea of who's going to be on their ballot papers on the 7th of June. How do you think we're doing in terms of, you know, the public getting a sense of, you know, Europe's role in their life and, you know, what role an MEP might play in relation to that. Uh, we, you know, regularly speak to MEPs on this, in this radio station, but but I've been told we're a bit of an outlier in that regard. Um, you know what I mean? Is there a, a general sense, I wonder, across the population as to what role the EU plays in their lives and what role the MEPs have in that? Yeah, look, I think uh, you've touched on a, a really good point there. Uh, it, it, the, the work that our MEPs do is hugely important, and uh, we will ha- we will be voting on fourteen MEPs, you know, and the, and the European Parliament is the the democratically elected institution. Uh, looking at everything from budgets, Europe's role in the world, when we're seeing what's going on uh, in Ukraine. 
um, common agricultural policy, the role of AI, misinformation, disinformation. So a huge amount of debate and discussion takes place in the European Parliament that directly affects uh, all of our lives. And in terms of um, you know, Irish engagement and support for the EU, that really interesting to see that, Greg, because every year since 2013, we in European Movement Ireland have commissioned an independent poll. So we've got in touch with an independent polling company to carry out a, a survey on on people's views across uh, Ireland and also this year or last year sorry we included Northern Ireland for the first time and we're going to be doing the field work again for our 2024 poll and we're seeing really high levels of support with over 88% of people saying they want Ireland to remain an active member of the EU we got to we got to engage and and have our say but interestingly that the figure of uh, that dropped to 58% feeling that the EU was going in the right direction. So that's really telling us that there's a lot more work to be done. And in fairness to our MEPs, they have a crucial role to play in that. And I, I'd like to pay tribute to you and Highland Radio because I think it's really important um, that our MEPs' voices are heard uh, across uh, across the radio. So Yeah, but that being said, it can be difficult because what you have is... Uh, it's politics, right? And, and I might try, I'll try and, and, and separate uh, as, as much as I can. But what you have is unpopular decisions being made in Europe, uh, a convoluted sort of a voting system. And then you will have, you know, maybe ministers responsible for certain departments where those rules have to be applied here, sort of distancing themselves or criticizing the decisions made at Europe. So often then it feels like it's national governments against EU. We know that's not really the case, okay? But because politics is the way it is, that's how it's presented. So in a way, sometimes I think it can actually be the elected politicians that uh, that, that damage the reputation of the EU and its processes. Yeah, we've we've a we've a great saying that we tend to use a lot here, Greg. We say we tend to uh, nationalize success and Europeanize failure, and that's a, an easy one sometimes for for politicians to blame Brussels. But you, you know, you're absolutely right, and let's not forget. At every council ministerial meeting, either you know, or Taoiseach or Tonishta, all the various ministers are there. So if it's something on justice, our minister for justice will be there. If it's something on on education. Minister for Education will take part in those meetings. Um, and, you know, and that's important. Uh, I suppose the EU, it is hard, as, as you well know, and, and as we all know, God knows it's hard enough to get compromise, you know, within groups or families or friends. So trying to get a consensus yeah. amongst 20, 27 different uh, countries and member states and often with with different priorities, that consensus and that compromise, yeah. uh, you know, can be hard fought. But I think it is is important. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really something kind of in these upcoming European elections, we're really seeing such a focus um, on the impact that the EU has in our everyday lives in terms of everything from, and, you know, I don't have to tell your your listeners, of course, and, you know, in Donegal, data roaming, um, free travel, the ability to study, live, work, work abroad. And, you know, we, we can probably take those uh, for granted a little bit. But I think it's we should never lose sight of of, of the benefits and equally. Of course, the, and conversely, and I have to say this because, uh, but obviously, then you have fishing, 
your farming, yeah. you know, you have the nature restoration, which effectively could set out to re-wet most of the county that I'm sitting in. Uh, yeah. But I, but I get you, you know, uh, I, I do understand exactly where you're coming from. And it's up to the MEPs to articulate their points of view, uh, how they can uh, influence or, or shape things moving forward. It's not either your or I role, uh, Noel, in that regard. But I suppose uh, it, it, it is good as much as possible if people get out and exercise their vote and educate themselves as to what the role of the EU is. I mean, the you know, one of the biggest developments in humanity, I think, at the moment is uh, artificial intelligence. And at the moment, there's a, the, there's um, there's decisions being made in relation to AI, not just how it will affect our lives, but how it will affect our businesses and what have you. I would love to see MEPs sort of try and articulate some of that to us. I don't think it's, you know, my job. Uh, you know, yeah. you can't just take the cash and sit in Brussels. I'm not saying that's what they do, right? But, you know, where are the, if we have five, we've four at the moment, where are the MEPs sort of articulating the importance of this discussion about AI in Europe and its implications for us and business as well? But anyway, that's, as I say, not your job or ours, Well, It's up to us to talk to them at the doorsteps uh, and, and, and elect the people we think might be able to articulate that best to us going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the whole issue of AI and, and that impact on, on our lives is certainly something that's occupying the agenda of, of the Commission, the, the the various ministers, and of course, the European Parliament. And, and obviously, there's, you know, a working group um, looking at that. We have the AI Act, but you're you're absolutely 100% right. And listen, as a as the daughter of a farmer from Cork, I'm well aware of the challenges facing, you know, agriculture. And equally, how do we balance that with our responsibilities in terms mm. of climate change? You know, the, the economic migration that we're seeing, the climate change migration um, from Africa and the Middle East, these are huge, huge, huge challenges, I think that is facing all of us. And as a, a small island on the very periphery of Europe, um, sometimes we can seem a little bit geographically removed to what's what's happening. You know, when I talk to my colleagues um, in Greece or, or in Italy, um, you know, the, the some of the challenges they're facing are very different to 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 what we are we are we have here in Ireland. But I think that's that's the the I suppose we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that's the importance of the EU and by pooling our sovereignty and by working together. Um, I think that that's something that we really hope for in the European Parliament election. So we really want to encourage people in Donegal, everyone in Midlands Northwest to go out, to have your say, check out our website, europeanmovement.ie. We're trying to get all the information is there and we'd encourage people to, as you said, exactly that, Greg, have those conversations with, with all the MEP candidates and, and pose the questions and see see where they stand on all these issues. Mm -hmm. That's really how we're going to inform ourselves. Isn't all it? right. Listen, thank you so much for your time. Noel O'Connell, CEO of the European movement uh, Ireland I mean also too you know all the decisions and Noel's left us now but most of the big decisions that affect us are made at EU how, how do we feed into those us as a, as, a, as a public you know how do we sort of influence it or say enough is enough you know this does seem to be structures where if you wanted to really make change in this country you know you could probably find a pathway and some would say change perhaps is coming but on a European level where all the big decisions really it seems are actually made how do we feed into that or how do we um, if at all uh, influence that uh, right two things I want to mention before I go to a break uh, we are going to do a ring around tomorrow in relation to St. Patrick's Day uh, parades or celebrations that are happening um, so if you want yours included 0860 25000 we want to give everyone a fair shout so wherever no matter where you are across the region if you're planning anything for the St. Patrick's Day uh, weekend get in touch with us and we'll give it a plug on the radio uh, tomorrow FOC of course here on this 
uh, program because there are big, big ones, which rightly so get an awful lot of attention. But I want to make sure that uh, your efforts out in your community organising, whatever you're organising also gets a bit of a plug as well. So if you want to be involved in that, uh, ideally coming on the radio to plug it, 086 60 WhatsApps or texts, or give uh, Caroline a call on 07491 uh, 25,000. Right, uh, Breed joins me on the programme now. Hi, Breed. Hello, Greg. Right, so uh, Lisa Chambers uh, campaigned for a yes-yes in the referendum <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Uh, said after the fact that she actually uh, had wobbled a bit and was favouring no-no and voted no-no. Yeah. Do you respect her for being honest and coming out or do you believe no. that it, it weakens her position no. as, an, as a politician? I just feel that it's hypocritical. I feel if she had your parties, bar into and some independents, mm. advocated a yes-yes vote. I would have thought the job of the opposition is to interrogate the government and hold them to account regardless of what view, mm -hmm. you know, they had themselves. Like, like you on the radio, you're a devil's advocate. I feel the job of the opposition is to tease out matters so people are clear about what they're voting on, you know. And then they could have come out and said... You know, now they did say they voted yes, yes, reluctantly. What? The Constitution has to be clear on everything. It has to be. It can't be open to 10 different types of interpretation. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the wording wasn't clear. And the people are not stupid. Like they're trying to tell us now, oh, it wasn't progressive enough or it wasn't. We knew exactly what we were voting for, mm -hmm. especially on International Women's Day and Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I wonder, are they all in this little bubble up in Leinster House? You know, a lot of the leaders of the political parties, Mary Lou included, all and, and people before Prophet, Richard Boyd, Barrett and Palmer, they all went to private schools. The National Women's Council, where are they from? South Dublin. There, there's no travellers, there's no single parent, there's no low-income mm. uh, women on that those councils. But Breed, and they're all I, in that little bubble. Uh, and also, uh, also, too, one thing that really jumps out at me in this whole thing is that we... Uh, people have their views on the Citizens' Assembly, but it is supposed to be a broad representation of all the groups that you talked of there and more. And they came up with a wording. Um, now, I'm not saying it was perfect either, but what's the function of the Citizens' Assembly if then a government in situ changes that wording? Because you have the Citizens' Assembly because it's supposed to be reflective of Irish society. That's what perplexes me as well. Who decided and, and why did opposition parties think it's all right not to go with what the Citizens' Assembly had themselves recommended? But, you know... What is the purpose of the Citizens' well, Assembly? Like, have we not elected, directly elected our politicians okay. to, to tease out these problems for us? Why do they abdicate responsibility to a Citizens' Assembly, no matter how broad, would mm. say, you know, they're, they're, they're chosen, how broadly they're chosen? Yeah. Why do we need a Citizens' Assembly? We have a de directly elected parliament, a democratically elected parliament. But they're undermining democracy mm -hmm. by 
by, you know, throwing out the responsibility to NGOs like non-government and to, to citizens' assemblies. I don't agree with citizens' assemblies at all. Okay. We elect our politicians. They're answerable to us. The citizens' assemblies aren't answerable to us, the people who elected the politicians. Mm-hmm. Breed, a lot of people in agreements with you. Thank you very much for your time today. And I really <laughs> do appreciate it. Much, All right. Greg. Thank you very much. Anna, you're very pleased with the no no. Tell me why. Are you there, Anna? Anna? No, Anna's just not there at the moment. I'll come back to that issue, obviously. Uh, women's prerogative to change her mind. I respect Lisa more for going with her choice. She's more in touch with people than her party, though Breed questioning her motives there. Um, Lisa Chambers definitely should stand down and should have told the electorate and advocated for a no vote before Friday if she changed her mind. Now, quite, I'm not saying conveniently, uh, Lisa Chambers obviously uh, heard the Attorney General's um read the literature from the Attorney General which the government didn't release uh, but it conveniently was released after the moratorium kicked in so we couldn't uh, we couldn't report it now the ditch did uh, online and fair play to them but we couldn't uh, legally uh, so you know Anna sorry you're back there now good morning to you Morning. No, just that doll that was, you were talking about the, earlier on who wanted Chambers, to bring yeah. mother out of the constitution I. Uh, and as I said, had she no mother, was she born under a mushroom tree? Mm. You know. You're looking forward to uh, politicians landing at your door. Tell me why. Oh, did I am? Oh, I just can't wait. What would you be saying <laughs> to them? What would you be saying to them, uh, Anna? Well, I'll not, not say it over there what I'll be saying to some of them, but... <laughs> Well, what are the big issues because for my you? God. Like, what, 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 what do you want to see politicians acting on now at the moment? You know what I mean? Or are you going to well, say... Well, I've got many problems now. Uh, I, have three gra- I have three granddaughters and the three of them done three years in the college and had to pay 3000 each for fees. Mm. And then one of the wee girls was doing nursing and uh, she had to work three years without a single penny of wages. She's gone into her fourth year now and she might get a, a few shillings, not get much, but I think it's a disgrace that Wayne has to pay that and then they don't get a penny of wages for working for three years without pay. You know, I think it's a bloody disgrace. The politicians are doing nothing for them kind of students. I mean, yeah. I, I'll get through my life, I hope. But uh, no, the students, I feel so sorry for them, like... And I presume you would fear that you're that they will look at other other opportunities outside of Ireland. Uh, oh, did there's a whole there's a whole uh, the list wrote out, and as soon as they come to the door, God God help them because I have it wrote out for them. Really? Okay, fascinating, Anna. Listen, get back in touch with us after they start calling. I want to hear the reaction. Uh, all right, Greg. Take Thanks care, for Anna. The time. Best wishes to everybody. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Breed is totally right, but if our politicians vote yes against their beliefs, they are no good to us. Uh, true words from Breed, and although that caller Breed is a smart lady, isn't she indeed? Greg, how do we really know what uh, Lisa Chambers voted? She's talking out of two sides of her mouth, a requirement as a politician. Another delighted to hear Breed on, she's 100% right. Had the vote have gone the other way, we would have heard from them. We Would we have heard from them? 
Uh, Lisa Chambers definitely should stand down. She should have told the electorate and advocated for a no vote before Friday if she changed her mind. Another, there's no excuse for going to Washington this St. Patrick's Day, not in our name. Uh, sorry, that's just uh, about the, 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 these trips. Back to Lisa Chambers. Hi, Greg. Miss Chambers promoted a yes with her party, found out the possible consequences and voted no. Brilliant. However, if she publicly promoted no, then she's OK. But if she kept her true feelings hidden and still went with the flow, then how can we trust anything they do afterwards? Uh, another, she should have gone public before the election and informed the public that she'd changed her mind. No credibility now. Very interesting uh, comments. And I'm not going to lie to you, not exactly what I was expecting, um, but that's why I love this show, because I can see my own... Uh, I'm not saying what my views were or are, uh, but um, it's really actually quite interesting to hear uh, people's points of view. Uh, I th- actually think we can keep going with those. Uh, I just can't... No, I, I can't, actually, because I didn't take the half-past ad break, so I do have to quickly take that. Then I'll be back with more of your comments and guests as well, too. The Nine Till Noon Show with Letterkenny Credit Union. Now offering mortgages from €40,000 to €600,000 with no hidden fees or transaction charges. Letterkenny Credit Union, 9102127. New this week in Home Store and more. All Pyrex kitchenware is all half price. That's right, half price. But better hurry, because when all the half-price Pyrex kitchenware is gone, it's gone. Also, all wall mirrors and clocks and all garden plant pots are still all half-price. But when all the half-price wall mirrors and clocks and all the half-price garden plant pots are gone, they're definitely gone. Drop by your local home store and more. Visit us online at homestoreandmore.ie. New store now open in Frascati Centre, Blackrock. Home store and more. A happy home. Do you suffer from high cholesterol, menopause symptoms, digestive issues, anxiety, aches and pains, or a lack of energy? The highly trained team at The Natural Way Letterkenny can provide advice on natural remedies for a number of individual health issues. The Natural Way also has its own brand of herbal treatments to help fight fatigue, relieve digestive discomfort, maintain a healthy immune system and alleviate common menopause symptoms. The Natural Way at Letterkenny Shopping Centre, your one-stop health shop. Still dealing with frustratingly slow broadband? Don't wait any longer. Switch to Imagine's high-speed broadband today. Act fast. Sign up before the 31st of March and get our hero package for just $49.99. Visit imagine.ie or free phone us on 1-800-938-407 to upgrade to faster broadband, faster. Imagine Broadband is subject to location and availability with a minimum 18-month contract. Activation fees and annual price change if CPI plus 3% applies. See imagine.ie for full TNCs. For a great breakfast, pull into Kelly's Diner in Letterkenny. Not just a great breakfast, but mouth-watering burgers, delicious chicken, succulent steaks, and so much more. For kids, it's not just about pancakes, but a full children's menu to choose from. First communion and confirmation celebrations also catered for. Great food and great service every time. A Kelly's Diner, Letterkenny. Winner of Best Family Dining at the Highland Radio Hospitality Awards. Now, more of your comments here. Surely, uh, in Lisa Chambers' position of responsibility and her influence as a politician, it is her responsibility to do her due diligence before publicly declaring her position. And if the politicians who advocated publicly for a yes-yes and now say they privately voted no-no, should take a long look at themselves and why they were spineless. Uh, Varad Carr and Fine Gael have been lining us up to, t- uh, to sell our neutrality to NATO and banked us, uh, bank- bankrupt us by buying America's jets we don't need. I'm not sure about that, but thanks for the comment. 
Hi, Greg. Had Michal Martin gagged Lisa Chambers or has she decided to stop digging a bigger hole for herself? She promoted and canvassed Yes, Yes, but that side lost big time. Shortly, she will be looking for our votes for MEP uh, position. Uh, was added only because Maria Walsh said the lineup in the constituency was male, uh, pale and stale. Uh, it's obvious she's not popular in her party, Fianna Fáil, so she's appealing to us, the voters, when she saw the result of the referendum. Um, yesterday's honest interview with TD Padraig McLaughlin was a breath of fresh air. Sinn Féin have backed a yes vote in every government referendum for the past 20 years. Uh, Greg, you can't be part of a team and support the other team, says a listener. Uh, last one, just before we move on, Lisa Chambers guillotined the bill in the Senate. This should be picked up up on your show. Well, let me dig into that a little further. Thank you very much for that. Keep them coming. We're going to return to that in a moment. But uh, we're going to talk now to Brenda Donoher, who's Network Manager with Rural Enterprise Skillnet. Good morning to you. Good morning, Greg. Thanks for having me. Here so I can hear you properly. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Thank yeah. you so much for calling in now. Yeah. Um, Rural Enterprise Skillnet has a Women in Construction programme for 2024. We've got a bit of notice here because it runs from uh, April the 2nd, but not a ton of notice. So uh, talk to me about the... Well, I think I think I can work it out. <laughs> but talk to me why uh, this programme, why now? Yeah, so um, I suppose it was uh, roughly about two years ago we kind of recognised that um, there was skills shortages and as the construction industry themselves have, have identified... And again, we looked at women that who would be very much interested in this sector and for different challenges and barriers that uh, were there, they just never really embraced that as a career option. So we are based in Ballyshannon and we are funded through Skillnet Ireland, a support agency of the Government of Ireland. And we put in an application to offer this course and we're delighted to have received funding through the Government of Ireland and the European Union to run this fully funded programme here in Letterkenny, as you said, starting on the 2nd of April. Um, Do you think um, some people see it, some women see construction as as a a, a male-dominated area, or, uh, but that doesn't mean they're not interested in getting involved in it, but they probably see a a pathway to what they want to do more difficult absolutely um it is predominantly been a male dominated area and there are some great stories coming out recently on females um embracing that as a career choice and that's where we saw this as an opportunity after speaking to companies who are looking to hire and looking to hire women because at, at the end of the day women bring a different skill set to any position um and um with the add add on of the construction essentials that they would get from this program we have worked with industry to ensure that the content would make them job ready Mm. um, at the end of this program so it's a 10-week program six weeks in class and four weeks work placement all placements have already been secured that is how anxious um, companies specifically in the Northwest region are to hire on the back end of this program. Mm. So um, now, just one other thing too. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, there uh, we need more workers in construction. I mean, that's a fact. There is a shortage, and it is having an impact on on um, delivery as well. So you know, be it male or female, uh, you, you know, there's great opportunities in the construction sector and. With the way things are going, there will be for quite some time and a lot of opportunities locally as well for those who, uh, you know, want to maintain their lifestyle here in the northwest. That's right. And that's why we were fortunate enough to be able to work with our training partners here 
in Donegal specifically and roll this programme out in Letterkenny. Um, and like I said, most of the stakeholders involved, the training providers and the companies who will take people on work placement and I'm very confident at the end of this 10-week programme will offer them a position yeah. um, because as you said, there's just skill shortages. Um, we are crying out for workers. We have our ministers shouting out to people living abroad to move back home to work in the construction sector. So for me, when I was putting this programme together, it was about how can we engage with um, a part of the working um, group that maybe, as you said, see this as a barrier and um, women in construction is going to be um, a new career path for a lot of people. Mm. And I think based on the on the content that they have and what uh, funny enough, what some of the companies have told us, some of these participants at the end of this programme are, are going to be more qualified than some of the w- people already working yeah. on site. Yeah, so that's what's great. The, the programme has two elements. One is the construction essentials where they will be trained on uh, new entry programmes for excavator, site dumper, working at heights, loc- location of underground services, the safe pass, all necessary to get to work in the construction sector. But also the opportunity is going to be there to um, qualify in health and safety. So there's going to be avenues that they can explore. It's not necessarily to go into a construction site. There's going to be options at the end of this. Mm-hmm. And on um, there's two parts of this because we've taken a very holistic approach to this programme. We also are going to be offering a work skills development where the participants will work with our um, trainer and coach um, for one-to-one career development, including CV prep, interview prep. And it's really going to be a relaxed, fun, confidential journey that these participants are going to yeah. come on. I've spoken to a number of women in construction, uh, for the most part outside of Ireland, um, and they find it a, a fantastic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and they themselves, I remember uh, asking them, you know, were they not nervous, but did they think they were entering an environment that might be more difficult for them? And, and the general consensus was uh, has been no. Um, this is is a great opportunity because, as you mentioned, it's a 10 weeks course that you're asking people to dedicate. They have to attend for the 10 weeks. Full time. There's yep. full certification. There's no experience required, so that opens the options up for a lot of people. A work placement is secured. You can't give any guarantees about jobs at the end of this, but I think you can uh, you can confidently say through your conversations that if the candidate is of a, a certain um, ability level, the jobs will be there. It is locally based and it is fully uh, funded. So what kind of commitment, because uh, we're already getting messages from people that are employed uh, in different work, okay, nine to fives or whatever it might be, uh, and, and they can't attend if it's daytime. Yeah. So what, what, what way is the course run over the 10 weeks? So the course is open to um, women who are currently unemployed and looking for a new career option. Yeah. Um, we don't want to displace another job that's uh, or, or another company that's going to have to go looking out. So it is, it is for people who are cur- women who are currently unemployed and there's no, like as, as you said, no experience required and we have secured everything for them. So what we're looking for is a commitment to these 10 weeks and a commitment to accept a job at the end of the 10 weeks. And I think that's important to say um, because there's, this is a big investment. So 
Um, we want to ensure that at the end of this programme that we are have genuine people who will be accountable for themselves in, in, in proving themselves in the placement, in the course, that they are going to be a reliable employee and worth the investment from the company on the back end of this programme. Um, so it is really about... Um, just embracing this opportunity, you know, um, they're not you know, readily available. And like I said, they're going to be having qualifications that a lot of people currently in employment mm-hmm. would give anything to yeah. have this opportunity for. Um, in terms of the, you know, the criteria that you're looking at. So say, for instance, I don't know how many positions you have available, but if it's oversubscribed, how do you determine then who gets the position? So we are going to be holding an interview process and there is an application form um, because, again, we want to ensure that we are giving this opportunity to, to people who are who are committed to participating full time, but also committed to get back into the workplace. So the criteria is really, you know, unemployed, female, committing to the full full 10 weeks and a potential job hire at the end of it. They will be fully supported throughout the whole process, even beyond the 10, 10 weeks. Like, you know, I my door will always be open mm-hmm. to them to have any kind of conversation, discuss any challenge that they've met either in work placement or beyond. And like I said, the training providers that we have involved in this we're working locally with safe tech training here in Letterkenny, and we are working with one of our top trainers and coaches uh, brenda crowley in cmd group you know so it's it's like i said very much a holistic approach very supported throughout the whole journey um no fear about what's going to happen isn't is, is needed because you're going to be fully supported all right rural enterprise skillnet.ie is uh where people can go there's a telephone number here as well there's no point me reading it out no people know our number and we'll pass on that telephone number and an email address if you're interested in it's kind of a quick turnaround isn't it because it starts april 2nd so we're looking at two and a half weeks it is we 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 started promoting the program um and i suppose when you we by the time we got notified on the funding and one thing or another it It was and it takes time and then we had to get everything in place so look it's a quick turnaround but um, it's a great opportunity and the process um, for, for, for this, especially around one set per side of the, the training, which is the new entry um, for, for machine op- heavy machine operation, it is actually a six month process before you get your final um, certification. certification yeah. So I suppose this is where we were thinking, that's, let's, let's get the ball rolling. And, and the reason that I didn't want to delay rolling out the programme is again because of the amount of companies mm. looking to but hire. So you push it into winter yeah, and then you push it you into know. another year. And you know what? Sometimes you have to piddle it off you the do, pot. You do, you do. Right, so. okay. Um, now, so listen, it's a full-time programme, Monday to Fridays. Times will vary be- uh, between training and placement. The location of the training um, plus the placement, of course, Safe Tech Training Unit in Neil T. Blaney Road or on Neil T. Uh, Neil T. Blaney Road in Letterkenny. You need to be available from the 2nd of April, uh, 10 week course, uh, full time. Uh, you're expected to attend in full, of course, but you come out of it with full certification, uh, a work placement secured, and really strong prospects of uh, a full time job. Um, 
do, are you divulging are you divulging how many spaces are available so or? at this at this time we have 12 places so available, available. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Real so, yeah 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 and we do plan and running this program we have secured funding over three years so this is kind of like a pilot for this year to see what interest is there we know we have interest from the from the business community we with more je ne sais quoi at skoda.ie skoda let's explore your local skoda dealer is dmg motors clar road donegal town telephone 074 971396 or visit dmgmotors.ie you're with FBD Insurance and your van gets robbed, it's not a flippin' bloomin' disaster. That's not what FBD stands for. FBD stands for support. We support van owners like you by covering your work tools up to the value of €500 Euro if they're stolen with your van. FBD Insurance. Support. It's what we do. Visit your local branch to talk to your FBD Insurance team. Requires valid van theft claim. Excludes electronics and software. T's and C's and normal underwriting criteria apply. Underwritten by FBD Insurance PLC. FBD Insurance Group Limited, trading as FBD Insurance, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Sheridan Security, now introducing Zero Wire Smart Alarm Systems. Zero Wire, zero mess and a real peace of mind. With a simple press of a button, your alarm can be set or unset. Or download the free app and control it from your phone. Call us today on 074-912-6025 and get your alarm from €299. Stay local, stay safe and protect what you value most with Sheridan Security Systems. Craving a taste of bliss by the water? Dive into deliciousness at the Water's Edge in Rathmullen. Our coffee and snack bar offers a daily dose of freshness and flavour. From scrumptious light bites to tasty snacks and freshly brewed coffee. Served daily from 10am to 3pm. It is like hitting a brick wall with your head. Uh, the tripartite government just do what they want. People keep voting the same parties into power. Uh, let me see I think Mary Lou has more to answer for thank God Lisa Chambers she went out promoting yes when she had her doubts how can a leader of the opposition who had doubts side with the government parties we cannot trust anyone anymore vote independence or aim to only option now I think the uh, independent Ireland is it? Is that what the new rural party is called I think they also advocated no no vote again I'm, I suppose you know you could only you, you, like Lisa Chambers came out and voted no, no. People now are questioning why she did that. But we heard from a, a major political party that backed the government again on an issue, and they're um, they're not getting the same level of criticism. These politicians who say that they voted no, no, are probably all not telling the truth. They voted yes. It's just a canvas for votes. That comes in from James. Lisa Chambers, part of McLaughlin, and like all the main political parties, have very strong principles. And if you don't like them, then they can happily change their principles for you. Greg, listening to Highland this past few weeks, in every news bulletin there is a councillor or TD on patting themselves on the back, calling for this, asking for that. Every time a road is resurfaced, they're on social media claiming they got it done or lobbied for it. In every newspaper you lift, there are at least half a dozen of them in it. Must be an election coming up. You never hear them on saying I lobbied for something, but I couldn't get it done. Sick to the teeth of them, says a listener. Um... Okay, thank you very much for that one. That's a nice comment. I'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, the, okay, yesterday we were speaking to a gentleman and hopefully actually, uh, hopefully something might be changing in the background on this. We spoke to a person yesterday who... Star 20 87 46 26 
60, 18, 40, 85, 86, and finally 6. Phone your claim to 91048333 before 8 tonight, leaving your name, contact number and the name of the shop where you purchased your book and we'll call you back the next working day. Get all your Vision Ireland bingo information at highlandradio.com. Connect Hearing is open for free hearing tests. Our audiologist is available Monday to Friday for wax removal services at our Letterkenny Clinic in the Courtyard Shopping Centre. We also offer a home visit for those who are unable to visit us. Our hearing is our social sense. Are you finding hearing more of a challenge? Call Ursula today on 07491-13296 to make an appointment. Good hearing helps us to connect to our family, friends and loved ones. Connect Hearing, connecting you to life. Did you know Tinny's Toys stock top toy brands like the Care Bears, VTEC, Leapfrog, Lamaze, Playmobil, Tonka and much more. We also have a massive range of outdoor toys like swings, slides, swing ball, goalposts and rebounders. And don't forget, we're still Ireland's largest farm toy superstore. Open Monday to Saturday, Leck Road, Letterkenny or online at tinnystoys.com. Get the Irish Daily Star today for your free 16-page Cheltenham pullout with the inside scoop from the track with Brian Flanagan. Exclusives from Davy Russell and Gary O'Brien. Plus top tipsters to get you first past the post. The Irish Daily Star. Number one for racing, number one for you. The Nine Till Noon Show with Letterkenny Credit Union. Simplify your debts with a debt consolidation loan from Letterkenny Credit Union. Call us on 074-910-2126 or apply online via our app or in office today. Now, as you would know, Highland Radio is celebrating its uh, birthday and as part of that, we're having a uh, charity day on Friday. I'll tell you a bit more about that in a moment. But we're supporting three uh, charities, the Irish Wheelchair Association Donegal, uh, Jigsaw, and also uh, the Breast Centre uh, Northwest. And just to educate us a little bit more about uh, the services provided by Breast Centre Northwest, we're joined uh, in studio by... Uh, Mr. Manvidas Valgalas, who's a consultant breast cancer and general surgeon at Letterkenny uh, General Hospital. Good morning to you. Good morning. Okay. Thank How you so you? much for joining us. And uh, Katrina Diver, who's been on this program before. Uh, Katrina was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2021 and used the centre. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, both of you. How are you, Katrina? Yeah, I'm keeping really well, Greg. Thank That's you. That's good to hear. Um, I suppose. Uh, Talk to us about, um, I mean, obviously, the, 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 you had the diagnosis and, and, and what, what one has to go through that. Um, as much of that as you want to talk about, or maybe focusing on, on the benefits of having access to bre- the Breast Centre Northwest. Yeah, so it was in 20, tw- March 2021, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. But I suppose the really important thing about the centre for me is um, there was only a two week time lapse from when I first presented to my GP, Dr. Gill, with the lump and being actually told by Mr. Sukri that I had breast cancer. So at the time, that was very scary and overwhelming. And, you know, I felt my world was being torn apart very, very quickly within two weeks. But it's only now, I suppose, that I'm out the other side. Thank God that I can appreciate how lucky I was to have that quick diagnosis and how blessed we are to have this amazing service on our doorstep here in Letterkenny, you know, and you know, although it happened so quickly, um, it's, it really was a blessing and, you know, it's such an amazing service that we have here. And, and your, your um, life 
changed in two weeks and in four weeks because your situation was even more uh, unique, I suppose, but not unique, mm-hmm. but different to, to what uh, a lot of women's experiences is because then you, you discovered you were pregnant. Yeah, that's correct, Greg. So I had a mastectomy again two weeks following. After I was told I had breast cancer, two weeks after that I had my mastectomy, which is really very quickly fa- quick as well. And then two weeks after that, I found out that I, ha- I was actually, in fact, eight weeks pregnant. So, yeah, that, that brought a lot of, um, I suppose, worry and concern with it as well. And... Um, the service where, you know, Nurse Geraldine there was just amazing. The support in the that support regard, because you had a big call to make, did you? Was it a decision in terms of uh, uh, putting off the um, putting off the treatment? Um, well, I suppose it had never really come to that, Greg, because it was, they, they, they were, Mr. Sugru and Dr. Duffy were working together, you know, to give me my you know, my options and it was always a case of, you know, we would just delay it. It was never it was never put to me that I would have to have my treatment, you know, after no, of course after, not. Yes, but you did baby. you so, did defer it somewhat. Yeah, so yeah. it was deferred for uh, five weeks until I was week thirteen of pregnancy. But like that, um there was always somebody there to talk to me and, you know, help me through and I suppose console me at the time because it was a very very extremely stressful and worrying time because you know you, you know that this cancer has been growing in your body but you also know that there's a baby in there growing as well thank god and you know you just you're just very anxious but you know the support that i received um was just in- incredible and you know and you I'm need that support on you because you've, there's so much going on and and really no definitive answers in, in any of what you were going through was such so really all people can do is is you know manage expectations or what have you but also just care for you uh, and how you're feeling because you there's you had lots and lots of questions but really no, no one could hand on heart give you all the answers yeah that's true greg and you know i think a lot of it went on the research that had you know the women that had gone before me and mm. you know that they were they were they were doing that for me and coming back to me with the answers to my questions and you know i'll, I'll be forever grateful as i said for for the care and you know the treatment that i received in that center and it's you know i'll never forget how, how good they were to me and it was amazing so you went through treatment uh, and then you uh, had a baby, mm-hmm. baby girl, uh, your second daughter on the 26th of November, November 2021. Yeah. She was born quite small. Yeah, she was £4.10 at the time. And then back to treatment for mum. Yeah, so she was 10 days old and she was in the neonatal in Letterkenny General Hospital and I was downstairs on the chemo ward back back at it and I had six more rounds of chemotherapy to receive after she was born. Um, so yeah, it's, I always think, you know, when I pass the hospital now, like that, you know, how lucky we were that that, was, that that service was there within the same hospital that I went up to her for cuddles that morning and that afternoon I was sitting on the chemo ward getting my treatment and, you know, that is really quite astonishing really, isn't it? It you know? really is. And then you went on to St. Luke's and had three weeks of radiotherapy and as you've said right at the beginning, uh, you haven't looked back since. All's uh, good with you now. Thank God, all is all is great. And your wee baby girl doing good? Yeah, she's brilliant. She was two in November and, yeah, she's, yeah, oh. she's very much the, she's very much the, the you know, the average two-year-old, the tantrums, the smiles. I was going to say, is she an absolute yeah. nightmare? No, no, she's absolutely beautiful. So it's just me then. <laughs> yeah, so it's just my house. She's, <laughs> she's very much the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, she's beautiful. And her older her older sister, Dorothy, and yeah, I'm just very, very, very blessed. And, you know, it's, it's I'm grateful to be able to be here today to, you know, make people aware of the amazing service that we yeah. have. Because here, obviously, okay. you know, you've got your family network, mm-hmm. right? But it's... It, 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 
it's a major thing having a baby and there is a process of recovery whilst you're caring for the baby as well throw in on top of that everything else that you have to deal with you know um I, I think it's really quite clear how you can speak so highly of of, of this service because the, the, you really needed it at that time. Absolutely, Greg. And, yeah. you know, I often think that I drove past the sign for that breast care centre so many times going to Letterkenny, coming from Letterkenny. And when I actually had to go to my appointment, I actually had to Google where the centre was. You know, I think we tend to look away. It's human nature to look away until you need these things. So I think, you know, it's just very important now to, to look at this amazing service that we have here and show our support. Mr. Vargalis, uh, I mean, this uh, we will add, but there's not an awful uh, much you can add to what, what Katrina's experience was. That's first-hand. That really just points out the importance of it. And two, for you, I suppose, it's... it's, it's you, you, you know, it's it's pleasing for you after you have done your work and you consider your uh, con- continue your involvement with the patient, but that there is this service there to support them as well. Yeah, no, it's a great like you know, to 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 see and to hear the the success stories, and and you see the unit provides a, a triple assessment service. So what triple assessment means uh, that every patient with the symptoms. Uh, they then to have a symptom with treasure symptoms and have a, for example a lump. They are seen in the breast unit within two weeks. Uh, and then they have uh, already a mammogram, ultrasound, if, if needed, a biopsy. And we preliminary already warn the patient, for example, if we expect uh, or, or that result is going to show biopsy, it'll show that patient has a cancer. Uh, but overall, uh, uh, the patient journey starts in the breast unit, and the, uh, but it's a, a teamwork. It's not only surgeons, it's, uh, you have pathologists, radiologists, uh, oncologists, radio-oncologists, and they all, all work as a team. And most of the treatment actually could be done here in Letterkenny. Uh, radiotherapy is, is done in Derry, occasionally in Dublin. And if a patient needs a reconstruction, a majority of reconstructions could be done in here as well. Okay. Uh, but uh, one of the reconstructions, which is called DF flap, then the patients were taking a tummy fat and transferring to the breast. That's done together with plastic surgeons. So it means we go to Galway to do mastectomy and plastic surgeons uh, do a DF reconstruction. But if a patient is a candidate for uh, implant-based reconstruction, it could be done in here. If a patient needs to have an oncoplastic procedure, uh, which is uh, oncoplastic procedures type of procedure, we actually take about 50% of breast volume, but you're still uh, shaping the breast and patient still remain her own breast. So this could be done in here as well. So a lot of procedures, those complex procedures could be done in here in Letterkenya locally. And are routinely done here locally? Yeah, yeah. routinely done locally, okay. yeah. Um, because it is, as we heard from Katrina there, it can all happen so so quickly. Uh, but in terms of, of, of course, as much as you can, catching things early uh, and getting as much done as quickly as possible, that's obviously would lead to better outcomes, I'd imagine. Exactly, exactly. So... Uh, uh, we have our key performance indicators, how soon patients should have surgery, how soon patients have a, a chemotherapy or radiotherapy, and we try to keep within those key performance indicators. Sometimes, uh, as I mentioned to the patients, a breast cancer treatment is complex. It's not like appendix. You take appendix out, problem solved. So uh, if you have a surgery, it's only half of the battle uh, because there's a tendency for cancer to come back. So, for example, adding treatments such as chemotherapy and radiotherapy reduces that risk. We make a decision when to give chemotherapy, sometimes actually give before surgery and sometimes after surgery. So these decisions are made, but we're trying to keep within our key performance indicators, which are closely monitored by a national cancer care program. Yes, and of course, there's, the, there's the, the, the physical support, but also the emotional and mental support, which is a, an important factor as well. 
Yes, exactly. So it's not as we surgeons, we talk very much about technicality and the uh, patient journey, but the patient have a support from the breast scan nurses. We have a uh, Cancer Care West. Uh, so a lot of support uh, uh, in terms of uh, information, uh, how patients are, uh, are given information. So we always advise patients not to Google anything because you can be misled by Google. And I think every information you need is provided. Mm. It's, it's professional. The most important thing is professional information. Yes, because, you, you know, and I know this from experiences in my family, Katrina, as well. You know, when the the news is given that the that, that cancer is, you know, I don't know if they still say the old clear or it's in remission mm-hmm. or whatever the phraseology is. You know, when those around you, everyone breathes a sigh of relief and all that. Thank God that's over almost. Uh, and every every individual is different, right? But, you know, for the person affected by it, uh, some might feel that way and then others I know have great anxiety about cancer returning and what have you so it it just doesn't all end as as, yeah. as soon as you, you have that meeting where the surgeon or your medical team are telling you that right we've got it at the moment. Yeah that's true Greg I suppose my, my experience is unique I suppose to others that I had a, a very small baby that needed to be minded and I had you know Dorothy she was just turned three at the time and I suppose I was kept very busy so it was probably a couple of months after when it was all over that I kind of went you know what's what has happened there you know and it only you know it only really sinks in so I, I did use the services of the Cancer Care West and they were amazing support for me Um, you know I you get someone to talk to there and you know put your your worries to ease and you know I suppose the main thing is to try and just keep it in the rear view mm. mirror as much as possible and just try and look look forward but sometimes yeah. it is easier said than done but you know I think I'm, I'm very lucky that I have a young family yeah. and you know I, my focus is is on them I suppose yeah, and you sure. know it's, it's but of course too you future. only get to where you need to be in your own mind often through conversation yeah and I, I find personally sometimes you know with the best will in the world you don't want to maybe burden those closest to you or you don't want to start worrying them and it's nice then to have a other people that sort of you, you know you can talk things out with yeah absolutely with the filters off and just get to the bottom of how you're feeling yeah. and, and, and moving forward uh, so obviously uh, mr vargalis you would see this uh, any funds that can be raised for uh, this center are 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 much needed and will help to maintain and enhance the services. Exactly. Thanks. Thanks very much for 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 opportunity to speak and thanks for supporting our breast unit. And so a lot of funds goes to to research. We have uh, some research students. Uh, uh, we uh, produce a publications, uh, open access publications. It's actually uh, it's quite costly. As well, uh, uh, our unit have uh, we always. We always need a new equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always something new in the market, and I could say that we have a, uh, let's say, a, a lot of let's say how to find the breast cancer during surgery. We actually at the moment are using a, a special thing called radio tech, uh, so which very helpful. So we basically put a small clip to the to the patient, for example, to the cancer. Uh, the patient have a chemotherapy. After chemotherapy, I can't feel the cancer. So how can I locate that? So we have a special the special equipment called radio tech localizer. We're using intraoperative ultrasound. Uh, in the breast unit, they have a, a, a tomosynthesis, uh, as in, uh, some call it 3D mammogram. So uh, basically, uh, we're not behind, and actually sometimes even forward comparing to other hostels in Ireland to what equipment you have and what can you offer to the patients. Okay, listen, it's been lovely speaking to you. It's great to see you again, Katrina, and it's been lovely having you in uh, studio as well, uh, Mr. Valgalis. And uh, hopefully now people are really generous and uh, help 
uh, our three chosen charities uh, because they all uh, service the local area and do amazing things. Uh, be it the Irish Wheelchair Association, Donegal, uh, Jigsaw, Donegal, or the Breast Cancer Centre, uh, Northwest. But for now, thank you both very much indeed. And I'll tell you a little bit more about what's coming up on Friday after these. Watch the show live now on YouTube, Facebook, and at highlandradio.com. The 9 till noon show is brought to you by Letterkenny Credit Union. Digital loans now available. Apply online or via our app today and get your loan transferred directly to your current account. Foy & Company, Bally Buffet and Letterkenny are the largest stockists of interior and exterior paint in the Northwest. If you're planning a painting project and need help picking the right colour and brand of paint for your home or commercial premises, call in and ask our qualified paint colour consultants, interior designers and interior stylists. The team at Foy & Company, Bally Buffet and Letterkenny will be delighted to help. It's odorless, it's hard to detect So carbon monoxide deserves your respect It can kill you stone dead in just three minutes flat And if you don't believe me, ask me dear Uncle Posh, tagging you Coal, turf, oil, gas, even wood, and e-fuel can harm So get yourself a carbon monoxide alarm Or you might just wake up dead Make great photos into beautiful gifts at McGee's Chemist Letterkenny. Different gift ideas include canvas prints, freestanding or ready-to-hang art blocks and personalised photo books, perfect to mark any occasion. There's also jigsaws, calendars, mugs and much more. For details, visit mcgees.ie. Turn your favourite moments into something truly special with McGee's Chemist Letterkenny. When it's time for confirmation or first communion, it's time for a trip to Watson Menswear, Letterkenny. Choose from a great selection of top label, casual and formal wear. Suits with matching shirts and ties, blazers and jackets. Also denims, chinos and footwear from big names like Diesel, 1880 Club and Tommy Bow. Stand out on the big day at Watson Menswear. Open seven days a week on Main Street, Letterkenny and watsonmenswear.com. Okay, so if you uh, want to help us raise funds for Breast Centre Northwest, the Irish Wheelchair Association and Jigs, so please feel free to go onto our website, highlandradio.com. We have a donation page uh, which is up and running for you uh, right now, and you can click in there and donate whatever you can afford. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, we're hoping to be able to uh, cut really good checks for all three uh, charities. And as I say, I'll tell you more about what's actually coming up on Friday in a moment, but if you wanted to uh, donate whatever you can afford, if you can afford something, then go on to our website, highlandradio.com, and you will see uh, where you can donate there. Right, okay, so lots of people looking forward to this weekend's uh, celebrations, including the team at Elevate 55. Elaine Begley is a youth worker at Elevate 55. It's a Donegal Youth Service Initiative. Good morning to you, uh, Elaine. Hi, good morning, Greg. How are Thanks you? so much for calling in. And Laura Byrne, youth worker at Elevate 55 at Donegal Youth Services too. Laura, how are you? Good morning. Good Thanks stuff. for having us. It's good to have the... The, uh, the dream duo in dream studio team, with us. Yeah. yeah, the dream team. That's it indeed. Right, you know, I mean, unfortunately, culturally, uh, not unfortunately, it's a reality, culturally, uh, you know, a lot of what we do here is associated with alcohol uh, and St. Patrick's Day uh, can be the same as well. Uh, but there is a drug and alcohol-free event again 
uh, for St. Patrick's Day, taking place on Sunday at The Loft in Letterkenny. It's formerly The Loft. It's now Elevate 55. It runs from 12 to 4. Very exciting and needed too, Laura, isn't it, that people have an option uh, away from uh, from drugs and alcohol? Oh, well needed. We want it as a family event there. Uh, families to come in, meet us, and take part in all the activities we've got planned. We've got a lot organised for the day. Face painting, live music from loads of our uh, local young musicians. Um, we've got food, we've got arts and crafts, we've got a lot in. And um, just to have a really safe space and a, a really good, fun place to yeah, be as well. Yeah, because safe doesn't mean not fun. Exactly. Just away from booze and drugs, you know. Uh, because not everyone, you know, as I say, you know, it can be quite exclusive the way we celebrate things. Elaine, talk to me a little bit more about, about what's uh, coming up then. Put the F into fun. They have been to fun. I think that's Donegal Youth Service to a T though. Um, as Laura said, it's about creating a safe environment for young people and families to come and enjoy the day. As you say, culturally, we're very set in an alcohol um, inclusive environment and that's just not something that we want to have in Donegal Youth Service. We want to provide a space that's an alternative to mm. drinking alcohol. Um, as a young person that used to go to Donegal Youth Service, it was my favourite day of the year. You know, there was no pressure to engage in anything you didn't want to. You had somewhere to go um, and at the end of the day it was just great crack with your friends. You know? Yeah, for sure, because more young people don't drink than do. Uh, there is this presumption uh, that uh, all young people uh, all young people drink, which they simply don't. But also, too, uh, it's an opportunity for them and their families to see their peers performing as well, the live music element of this. I think it's great, uh, Laura, to give uh, our fantastic local musicians an opportunity to play in front of a crowd as well. Yes. Many I, are already used to it, but you know what I mean. Our music scene is really hopping yeah. in the service at the moment. We're running the Irish Youth Music Awards and uh, we've got a fantastic cohort of incredibly talented young people and a few of them are going to be performing uh, throughout the day on Sunday so please do pop in to hear them and you'll hear some just great talent that's here yeah and maybe the slightly older children and the teens might enjoy that more but for the younger children too plenty going on Elaine Yes, loads. So, um, as Laura mentioned at the start, we have hair braiding, face painting, arts and crafts, t-shirt making, um, and we have lots of nice food for everyone to come and enjoy. And there's a great view of the parade just from our uh, second story view. So, for anybody that wants to come in and potentially escape the rain, hopefully we'll get the good weather. I think it's going to be sunshine and showers. So, uh, and normally if we get bad weather in the morning, it clears for the afternoon. So, I'm pretty optimistic. But be that as it may, uh, sun, rain, or hail, uh, it sounds like it's going to be uh, a great event. Um, what's this about the Irish Youth Music Awards? Oh, this is a uh, national programme that we're part of with right. Donegal Hub. We have uh, 20 young people signed up. Risk. We really get a chance to form those good, solid relationships through that home-from-home -home mm. environment that then we can have those conversations and then be meaningful and have some impact on the young people that we work with. Mm. So that's part of, you know, coming in the door, coming to these events can be a first experience of mm. being part of the youth service that hopefully then young people can grow up through the service as well. Yeah, and be supported and see there's alternatives too because sometimes exactly. actually you don't realise or some people may not realise there are alternatives to, yeah. you know, what society expects it seems expects of us right it's going to be a great day as always because I know it's a huge success uh, in the past and will be going forward it's at Elevate 55 if you haven't been there for a while it's formerly the uh, loft in Letterkenny it's this coming Sunday the 17th 16 to 18 
Port Road, Letterkenny, and it runs from 12 noon to 4 p.m. Lots of stuff for the whole family, and you're encouraging families to go as a unit, yeah, yeah aren't you? Um, face painting, hair braiding, T-shirt painting, crown making, uh, nice food, and great live music as well, too, which, as I said, it's a great opportunity for young people to perform in front of their peers as well if they haven't had that experience yet. Uh, and is it just turn up? Uh, drop-in yep. sort of a thing, is it? Yeah, Yeah, our drop-in right. service is available um, during the week as well. Okay. Um, so we're open 12 to How 6. How does that work, by the way? So say I'm a teen or I'm the parent of a teen and I'm saying, you know what? Uh, you might enjoy uh, you might enjoy what they're doing there at the Donegal Youth Service. You know, and I'm on my own, you know, so I don't have a group of friends. How does that work? So, you know, it's a... The young person can literally just uh, make themselves aware to a member of staff on arriving in the building. They go, how are you um, getting on? I heard about this place. Yep. Just wondering what's the story. Yeah, and they'll usually be given a, a tour of the place and we'll just sit down and have a little chat and see maybe are there any groups that they're particularly interested in joining. We have loads of groups going on in Donegal Youth Service. Um, there's an art group, Worldwide Voices, a Fit for Life healthy hacks uh, gaming groups so we've got loads of stuff going on in the evenings they would be closed groups that they would have to get a consent form to sign up to but other than that our drop-in service is Monday to Thursday 12 to 6pm and then on a Friday we're 12 to 9 and Saturday is 2 to 6 and so, uh, both you Elaine and you Laura I'm sure you see the change in people you know maybe someone not everyone's the same some people come up with confidence for days but you know a person coming in uh, how they are at that moment because it probably is a big deal a couple of weeks down the line it must be lovely to see that progression of a young person oh yeah like we see young people come in and you just see something clicking them they found their people mm. do you know and there's some young ones that I know that came into a summer camp and might have been struggling with friendships initially and now they come regularly mm. to a couple of our groups and they've built themselves a really core, strong group of friends that they've met through our service and they continue to build throughout the service. They it's couldn't keep Elaine away. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and honestly, I think it's so important for people to hear this. The friends that I had that I met through Donegal Youth Service as a teenager, I have now going into my 30s. You know, wow. it's lifelong connections Brilliant. that you're building there. So if there's anyone out there that is maybe feeling a bit alone or feeling like they don't have their circle, yeah. please come and mm-hmm. And do you know what? Sometimes, and I think particularly young people, but then, you know, people as adults can feel it, but you kind of learn that it's not really the case as you get older. Like, you think you're on your own, you can think you're on your own, that no one understands you, that people don't get you, that there's no one like you. And really, you know, we are all different, but there's an awful lot, in an awful lot of ways, we actually really are quite the same. You just have to, you just have to find those people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what better way to do it uh, at Elevate 55? Uh, part of the Donegal Youth Services services. Alright, Elaine, Laura, both of you thank you very much. Enjoy uh, Sunday you will be working away of course uh, but also get to enjoy the music I'm sure uh, It's on Sunday March 17th It's at Elevate 55 on the Port Road in Letterkenny 16 to 18 Everybody's welcome, uh, families of all ages as well. Uh, both you Elaine Begley and Laura Byrne, thanks so very much thank Back you. with more shortly the 9 till noon show with Letterkenny Credit Union. Now offering mortgages from 40,000 to 600,000 euro with no hidden fees or transaction charges. Letterkenny Credit Union, 9102127. A public interest message from Donegal County Council. Householders and building owners in areas susceptible to wildfires are advised to cut back or remove any vegetation or other combustible material in the vicinity of their house, building or oil tank to prevent wildfires damaging or destroying their property. 
Cleared areas should be maintained free of vegetation and combustible material. Donegal County Council would also like to remind landowners and members of the public that under the Wildlife Acts 1976 and 2000, it's an offence to cut, grub, burn or otherwise destroy any vegetation growing on any land not then cultivated between the first day of March and the 31st day of August in any year. Landowners are also reminded that the burning of agricultural waste at any time of the year is an offence under the Waste Management Regulations 2022. Donegal County Council, protecting your environment. Save on calving and lambing essentials at Homeland. Gas Buddings Debutter, now €165. Milk Bar 10 Compartment Feeder, now €179. Nutrius Ovigold and Bovigold Mineral Range, buy 2.5 litre, get 1 litre free. And there's 10% off the FlexiThin Classic Waterproof Jacket and Trousers, in-store and online at homeland.ie. Nationwide delivery available. Offers available until March 31st. Thinking of changing your floors? Why not see what Florid Letter Kenny has to offer? Florid have a large selection of solid, semi-solid and laminate click vinyl wood flooring together with a fantastic choice of parquet, herringbone flooring, all at incredible value. Don't delay. Call Florid today on 087-161-7008. A Highland Radio weather update with Ireland West Airport. Time to book that business trip to London. Fly daily to London, Stansted and Luton with Ryanair and London Heathrow with Erlingus. Ireland West Airport. Don't just take off. Take it easy. Indeed. Right, let's look at that weather forecast for today. And I can tell you that. Um, cloudy and damp this morning with patchy rain and drizzle, though that is easing to leave a drier weather for the afternoon. Uh, in most areas, temperatures of 8 to 10 degrees. Right, uh, Seamus joins us on the programme now. Seamus, thank you for your time today. Hello, how are you? I am doing good, Seamus. And this is a conversation, isn't it, uh, uh, about... The positive experience you had uh, with, with the health service. The story goes back down, uh, goes back to 2020. Uh, you had an operation for cancer, isn't that correct? I had an operation for cancer and St. James in Dublin 2020, and then treatment in St. Luke's uh, in 2020, and I got out of hospital in January 21 again. Okay. And it was a tough old journey, but <laughs> so I hope I hope you're doing well. Uh, did the operation that you have leave you more prone to choking or difficulty with digesting, Seamus? Yeah, well, it has. I, as as a treatment, a lot of radio therapy on the mouth and on the neck, uh, and it's hardened up all the muscles. And as I'm still working on both uh, speech and language, well, see and improve. But I have to blend everything, like you know, so it's um, easier to swallow. But uh, sometimes maybe some of the stuff doesn't get blended very well, and I I, I want to talk occasionally, you know, and uh, it's, it's a scary experience, all right, you know. But um, usually it reacts away and it's a pop and goes, you know, after we had like, you know, panic too much, you know. Yeah. So um, but, uh, tell us what happened to you on Sunday then, because uh, that's the start of your experience, uh, the most recent experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just uh, made a bit of dinner and I blended up, but maybe I didn't blend enough. You know, I used peas and thunder. Peas is very hard to blend, even mm. hard to get on them. I know they're dead, so I, I used some frozen peas and I uh, put them on. But I think that's probably what it was, you know. Uh, I don't know, coughing and sputtering to try and, try and get rid of it, but uh, blood come in the stage and then uh, pain in the chest and stuff. So it was, it was scary, you know. So I, I, was, I, was going to, I was going to drive into the other and I thought, no, well, should I, should I not? So 
I decided I would phone the now dog and uh, he put back to me and uh, talked me through it and uh, then put me on to um, onto the ambulance service. So and at that point, at that talked. point, Seamus, are you are you coughing or is it just that you know something's there and it's disco- discomfort? Like when the food stuck there, uh, is it difficult for you to communicate or or, or uh, I know you mentioned about a tightness in your chest and what have you, but. Uh, but would I know that you were choking? Is it like a choking in a traditional sense? I uh, well, it would be, yeah, but I'd be gurgling away as well. You know, you hear a gurgle coming out, coming coming up from my throat. Like you mm. know, I try to drink a wee bit of water, or liquid, but I have to be careful that because I'd be freezing going down into into the lungs. You yes, know, yes, I, I get you. The food, the food, the food, the food won't go down either. So it gurgles away and gurgles away and sort of spews out again. You know what I mean? Like when mm. you when you try to talk. Yeah, uh, I've kind of, I've um, no experience like you've experienced, but I have had that situation whereby food was stuck and drank water, and the water sat on top of the food and then started coming up. So I know mm. exactly what you, I don't know exactly what you're talking. I have an understanding, I think, of what that must be like. Uh, no, I don't know. So then yeah. the ambulance came off to hospital, is it, obviously? Uh, well, there's a guy who's talking about it before he had to go away, you know, with good support as well at the same time. And uh, then the ambulance came in, and I was coming into the ambulance, and I was wired up in the back of the ambulance with all the, the pipes and the blood pressures and stuff like that, you know. And then there was a thing, Benny, her name was, and she was very nice on the, on the way, on the, on the trip to the Dickenny. And uh, when I then said, I must be a new horse, I can't really remember, but I was wheeled up there and there, and I've seen by different time stages, by different doctors and stuff, and uh, trips put on, and I tried to. Uh, Put a thing down the sort of safe vomit it up, you know, but it, it didn't you know, come up either, like, you know. And, um, so what eventually freed the, what eventually, what eventually freed the blockage? Because it was Monday until such time as it, early hours of Monday. Uh, was it, did it just free yeah. itself, or how did it, the blockage end up being freed? I it freed itself then, like, you know, I've, I'm doing sure I was, like, I got my bed then, I was up in, I was, I was B19, I was on word, and then, during the night I was in, in the bed and I think it must have been half three or so I, I just started going you know you just you, I, I always know when it goes and there's a wee pop out of it you know sort of mm-hmm. like, like I hear a wee pop and it goes and it's clear and so I took a mess of water and then you were gone that's the easier way Right okay well listen that must have been a, a great relief and I suppose even being in hospital alone, there were medical professionals around you. Was a bit of comfort until yeah. such time as it relieved itself. But you messaged us originally just because you wanted to thank uh, everyone who was involved in your care for what they did for you. Mm. Yeah, oh definitely, yeah, because it was hundred percent. I know sometimes that's again, I guess, uh, bad publicity and stuff like that. You know, and like, uh, I was waiting, but uh, yeah, after we ten years, it didn't take that long. At the same time, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, busy enough to like, and, mm. and thank them all very much for you know, from from the, the ambulance crew to the, from the now doctor the ambulance crew and to staff in the hospital and people come down to the food and having else in the morning before they're home, like you know. Uh, Okay, well, listen, I'm glad you're doing all right now. Horrible experience for you, Seamus. Uh, but as I say, made tolerable by the great care that you got. Um, important, as you say, to highlight uh, the the positives uh, as well as, as highlighting negatives where they might exist. Uh, glad to hear you're doing okay, Seamus, and lovely to talk to you.
Okay, great. Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, right, can you find out why there's nothing on in the Twin Towns for St. Patrick's Day? Please, we have to take our kids out of town. Wow, okay, normally there is. I didn't I didn't know, and I don't know what it means. Uh, but uh, uh, I hope uh, I haven't done anyone a disservice. But if there isn't anything on in the Twin Towns, why not? Uh, could you mention about the charity breakfast brunch happening in Wilkins Bar, Churchill? It's on St. Patrick's Day from 10am till 1.30pm and it's aid in aid of the three nominated charity uh, applications from women who wanted to learn skills such as, you know, plumbing and electrics and what have you. So there's a huge demand out there for, it seems, uh, for women uh, to upskill in that regard. Uh, Dear Highland, please accept my gratitude for airing the interview yesterday morning and allowing people to speak freely. I particularly wish to thank Greg for speaking clearly and truthfully about the situation in Gaza. Uh, God bless you and God help us all. That comes in from Liz in uh, Letter Kenny. All right, if you see, you have to call it out. The Nine Till Noon Show is brought to you by Letterkenny Credit Union with monster loans available up to €60,000 for all occasions. Visit letterkennycu.ie The Lotto Jackpot is an estimated 4.5 million euro. Play responsibly in store, in app, or at lottery.ie. The National Lottery. It could be you. Return. Ireland's deposit return scheme is now live, and we're bringing it back. In addition to a refundable deposit on Return Logo plastic bottles and cans, during the transition period, there may be a deposit on drinks containers that don't have a Return Logo. But remember, if you pay a deposit, you'll get it back when returned to reverse vending machines in participating shops nationwide. Let's get returning together and ensure better recycling for Ireland. For more, visit return.ie. It's time to visit Ireland's newest Lexus dealership, Lexus Letterkenny. With 50 years of experience, you can trust us in this new era of electrification. Experience our all-electrified range. It was held um, in, in the Castlenock Hotel, and it was just, it was very interesting to hear that it's only 7% of the workforce in in Ireland at the moment is female. Um, it is, a, obviously, it's a stat there that has risen over the years because there was a time that there was no females really in the construction industry. So obviously we're going in the right direction, but it takes myself and other females that are in this industry to try and promote it and put it out there that it is very much so a career for a female. And there's so many opportunities and so many different paths that you can go down. Um, so I think this here program that's being held is really, really appealing for young females or females of any age to go in and even just see there as apprenticeship and learn and perhaps even go even further from that. Well, th- this wasn't necessarily, if I had asked you when you were 13, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> you know, I want to be a quantity surveyor as such. Uh, mm-hmm. To some extent, you stumbled into to this this industry. Talk to me a little bit about that. I definitely did. Um, yeah, so obviously there's no one in my family that's in the construction construction industry. Um, so very much so fell into it. It was actually just from the ATU in Letterkenny. Um, it was an open day and obviously there's stands and there's all different sectors there. And um, I actually met the head of engineering. Um, so I kind of bumped into her whenever I was there and she was like, oh, have you gone through all the stands today? Have you gone over? Have you anything stand out to you? I said, no, not really. To be honest, I don't really, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. As a, what is it, 16-year-old girl standing there being like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Um, So she just said to me, she was like, why don't you try 
the engineering sector. She goes, there's an awful lot of careers. So she was like, there's didn't start naming out civil engineering, mechanical engineering, quantity surveying. Um, so she's named out all these different career paths. And I was like, all right, okay. Right, this is a female and she's obviously doing amazing. She's the head of engineering here in the ATU in Letterkenny. And I was like, right, okay, let's give this a go. So I just kind of went and I talked to the lecturers that was on the stand, past students that was on the stand. And, you know, it was just, I was like, right, okay, I don't really know what else to do, but this sounds good. And there's plenty of career opportunities at the end of it. So let's give it a go. And here I am. I've graduated in 2017. Um, I went to London for a few years. I worked for a company called Linesight over there and got really invaluable experience while I worked there. And now I moved back, returned home to Ireland, uh, working for Turner and Townsend. And yeah, it's been fantastic and I've really enjoyed the career to date. Now, it's quite clear, obviously, this is a male-dominated uh, workspace. Uh, 93% are males, Okay. But mm-hmm. like we can't, I don't think we should presume why that is. Like, do we? And I, it may have come, it might have come up actually during conversation on International Women's Day. Do, why do so few women? I wonder choose because I don't think we should. We should presume, you know, because that we could be presuming the wrong things. Like, I mean, you would obviously would have your insight, but were there any? Are there any other insights as to why so few women choose this uh, this option? I think it is just obviously. I suppose I don't want to say, obviously we're come from Ireland, it's quite rural and I suppose those conversations aren't necessarily had. Um, I know it has improved an awful lot over the last couple of years, but in previous times, I suppose as a female, it's very much so, no, no, that's a, that's a male career. You don't go down that route. And it's just trying to open up the eyes of females of it shouldn't be just this is for this is the male route and this is the female route um, because th- like there's it's just the career options and I do think obviously we are very much so male dominated in this industry but it ha- it is changing and it is a career that for a female and it's very appealing for a female but do you yeah, think it's just that, you know if, if me and you were twins right uh, as unlikely as that might seem for anyone watching the program but if- <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm way better looking than you. <laughs> no, if me, if me and you were twins, right, and we had different parents, you know, we, it wasn't your mom and dad or my mom and dad. I don't want to personalise it. Like, if we were 10, I wonder if for Christmas or birthday, might you be bought, you know, a, 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 a feminine toy, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd be bought uh, a digger and, and a dumper truck. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Do, do you, like, I have no issue with that, and I'm not sort of getting into the, the gender roles debate because it's a bloody mm-hmm. minefield. But it does plant seeds early on, really, as to what might be expected from a girl growing up versus what might be expected from a boy growing up. I think so. It, it definitely is, and that's a big thing of... Hopefully it's trying to trying to convince people and trying to like the international women's day it was all about inspiring inclusion and that was the theme of 2024 but it's just trying to get that word out there like aunts uncles cousins brothers sisters um if it is these young like as whenever i was younger it wasn't a career that i would have even thought about so it's trying to get 
the, the older people today are trying to convince the younger generation mm. and trying not to put those rules based on yeah. you, as you said, yeah. get the jumper truck or get the... Exactly, and this is not about feminising boys or making mm. girls more masculine. It's just accepting yeah. that a girl can be a girl or a boy can be a boy or whatever it might be, but still mm -hmm. have an interest in, you know, construction or... Uh, the, the equal opposite in the other direction. From, from, yeah. from your experience in the construction industry, right, starting at the mm -hmm. bottom, working your way up in all different areas of it, though, did, did did you have to? Do you feel that you were treated fairly the whole way? Did you have to sort of prove yourself a little bit more, maybe, than other guys that came in at the same time, or, or did you feel you were treated equally? Because you've got a great experience in different areas as well. Yeah. Do you know it's it's kind of perception on myself. Like I would have felt myself going into the work environment. Like I remember being in London and like majority of my meetings, I was always going in and it was just, um, it was a room full of men. So obviously it is intimidating as a girl who is 24, 25 years old coming out of, coming out of college and just stepping into that world. But it's, it, it was very much so in my head. I was like, right, I need to have a voice. I need to I need to step up and be seen and be heard here so that I am taken seriously, just purely because of the fact that I was stepping into a room full of men. And I don't know if that's, is that, is that the way it's meant to be or not? But I suppose whenever you are in this industry and there are so few women, you want to be known yeah. and heard and you want your voice to be heard and you want to be taken quite seriously. Mm -hmm. So obviously, yes, you do. It is different. Yeah. But well, I suppose it's, it's normal because, you know, whether it's real or not, we are sort of conditioned uh, to, to sort of establish our own limitations or expectations or, expect, you know, of what others' are expectations are, are of us. So we have to work through that. You would then obviously encourage uh, women to take up the option of, of, of these 12 spaces. Listen, I'm sure they're, they're going to sell out anyway, but I think, Durfley, it's been really insightful to actually... You, you know, especially I think the timing is perfect because International Women's Day, you uh, attending yeah. events along those lines and this mm -hmm. coming up, it's like a, it's worked out well. Congratulations to your mum. She's an, a, an assistant producer of the Nine Till Noon show now. <laughs> Most definitely. And see for the girls that are applying for the apprenticeship, I think it's fantastic. And do you know if there is anyone out there that does want to reach out to me at any point, just I'm on LinkedIn. I get, I do get messages quite a lot and it's great to see because I try to reach out to all these younger people that do reach out to me and ask for advice. So if anyone does want to reach out, they can reach me on LinkedIn and obviously my name is just Derfla Walsh. Lovely. So it'd be great to see that. Derfla, it's been great chatting to you. Thanks so much for sparing the time and uh, continued success in your career. Brilliant. Thank you all so right, much, bye -bye. Greg. Take Thank care. You. That's uh, Derfla Walsh, a quantity surveyor uh, who's... Uh, doing really well if you feel inspired by uh, Durfla's uh, comments uh, or if you maybe you want a young person in your family to hear that interview it'll be on our podcast in the third hour uh, right at the start of the third hour on our website highlandradio.com from about one o'clock and also if you want them to watch it back you can uh, see it again on YouTube or Facebook a little later on if you want more information about that Rural Enterprise Skillnet course, ruralenterpriseskillnet.ie, or we've got telephone numbers and email addresses that you can contact us on uh, here. Right, so on Friday, this charity day that we have, it's Highland's birthday. We've got the birthday concert coming up on Tuesday, I believe. Where tickets going really fast for that. If you do want to go to that, it's going to be a wonderful night of entertainment and celebration. Uh, give us a call here or go on to theoutlet.com. But on Friday, we're mixing things up in terms of programming. Uh, in the morning, we're kicking things off with uh, 
Jimmy and Paul, they've got a, a naughty Friday morning sessions. Loads of great music, live music as well, loads of interesting guests. Uh, from 9 to 10, I don't actually have the list, um, Caroline, so I'm doing this off the top of my head, but from 9 to 10, uh, John Bresson is in the hot seat and he has uh, comedians uh, in and they're going to have a Friday panel with a difference. It's not called the Friday panel, but that's the kind of buzz. 10 to 11, uh, Lee Gooch and myself will be presenting a live interactive auction. Uh, and we have some fantastic prizes uh, up for grabs, including... Well, I, c I can't go through them right now because I don't have them in front of me and I don't, want to, uh, I don't want to mislead anyone. But we're already having bids on them, but there's some brilliant prizes and hopefully we'll have a bit of fun between 10 and 11. Between 11 and 12, then, we have um, um, Fanula Rabbit on this side of the uh, desk she's going to be hosting That's Entertainment That's Entertainment from uh, Fanula Rabbit I could be gone by the time all these people come into this slot and it's better than me I could get the sack but anyway you know what I might take up construction it sounds fantastic uh, then from 12 to, web, uh, 12 to 1 there's a, a wonderful nostalgia hour uh, for you to look forward to where uh, we'll look back on the rich 34 history uh, 34 year history of Highland Radio uh, Callis Donal uh, involved in that um, and others as well and then it goes on and on there's some great pro there's a, a loose women style program coming up then as well after that we're down to Letterkenny Shopping Centre uh, Oshin Kelly's Country Jamboree really looking forward to that he is actually going to be singing live by the way if you're interested Oshin Kelly uh, thanks to a 200 euro donation he's going to be singing Las Vegas in the hills of Donegal live at Letterkenny Shopping Centre how exciting call down and see that that, uh, as well uh, Brendan Devaney if you want him to sing a song donate we'll get that sorted uh, as well and then after that David James has a, a special jukebox style show where you can make small donations and get a song played it's not country as such it might be country it's a mixture of whatever it is if you pay five you can pick whatever it is uh, and then there's a, a lovely show then in the evening where we've got a, a group of DJs uh, who work across our programming coming together it's a DJ mashup uh, quite literally not the music the actual DJs they'll be uh, reminiscing chatting and a bit of a quiz in there as well and we'll be encouraging you if you can and I know things are tight and I know we're trying to stretch our money as best we can but some of us do have a little bit to spare and if you can we'll be asking you to donate and you can donate right now and support our charities which are Cancer Care uh, Northwest. Um, of course, we also are supporting Jigsaw, the mental health charity, and the Irish Wheelchair Association, who are uh, always doing amazing work. So please tune in Friday and dig deep where you can. The county's number one talk show, The Nine Till Noon Show on Highland Radio. The Nine Till Noon Show is brought to you by Letterkenny Credit Union. Offering low-rate car loans with fast approval. Apply online at letterkennycu.ie or in office today. Charlie McClafferty Funeral Directors. Serving Letterkenny and the surrounding areas for over 100 years. Charlie McClafferty Funeral Directors. Let our family take care of your family and guide you through a difficult time. After a long, hard day, treat yourself to something luxurious. Your drive home. The sleek new Nissan X-Trail has a dreamy, luxurious interior and is now available with ePower, Nissan's unique hybrid driving system that lets you experience the pleasure of electric driving without the need to plug in. And it's available in five or seven seats, so even the school run feels like a spa break. The all-new Nissan X-Trail with ePower. Drive it to believe it. 
Book your test drive today at your local Nissan dealer. Nissan. Innovation that excites. It's time to laugh out loud. Tommy Marin here. My new Irish comedy play, Matches and Old Flames, comes to Letterkenny. And she said one was longer than the other. Daisy, how will I spell other? U-D-D-E-R. Matches and Old Flames on Grain On Letterkenny, Friday, March 29th and Saturday 30th. Book now at ongrainon.com. Make more meals for less with Dunn Stores, where you'll save in the aisle with ingredients for a traditional full Irish. That's eight pork sausages, just one euro. A pack of unsmoked rashers, one euro ninety-nine. Six fresh eggs, only one euro forty. And all your other breakfast favourites, all from the Dunn Stores range. Plus, you can save at the till with a five of twenty-five grocery voucher. Dunn Stores, always better value. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used on next in-store grocery shop of twenty-five euro or more. Highland Radio Birthday Bash featuring Margot and special guests. Tickets are 30 euro each and are now available at Highland Radio, the Mount Terrigal Hotel Letter Kenny, Alexander's Bally Buffet, Simpsons Bar Carandona, and the Cope Dunlow. For further information, call the station on 9125000 or check out the outlet at highlandradio.com. Now it's time for our regular feature, Wellness Wednesday, when we focus on um, a health matter, be it uh, mental health, physical health, or anything around that. Uh, today we are joined by Grania Byrne, uh, who is a women's health advocate and founder of Norma, an education platform for intimacy education. Good morning to you, Grania. Thank you for your time today. Hi, Greg. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing really good, and it's nice to speak to you. Right, today we're going to focus on vaginismus. Yes, it's quite a difficult one to pronounce, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. It's a mouthful. Um, Yes, so vaginismus, Greg, is really, uh, how I describe it is that it's a pelvic floor dysfunction, but there's also a psychological element to it, right? So our pelvic floor, it controls a lot of things, right? So we go to the loo, uh, also sexual functioning, bladder, bowel, all that jazz. So a lot of it is going on. Um, And what vaginismus primarily is, is a difficulty or um, it feeling impossible to actually insert something vaginally. So that could be, you know, from your finger, a tampon. It can also be when you're trying to get a medical exam. And a lot of people find trouble when they are trying to be intimate with a partner um, or try to, yeah, try to uh, to, uh, actually do penetration in that way. Is it always... um physical and mental if that's the right way to describe it is it always a combination of both or can it also be one or other so there can be actually loads of reasons greg as to why vaginismus uh, like gets triggered so it can be primary which means that you know you felt like you've always had it or it can be secondary as well so something might have happened such as it can be from having an infection and um, it can be from you know postpartum or menopause uh, you know you might have a dryness as well and basically a lot of people actually jumped to the conclusion that there must have been some sort of um, trauma or yeah. sexual trauma to have occurred and this can be true but by no means uh, is it the only thing that actually triggers it um, and it's actually kind of a, a lot of the time down to a lack of proper sex education. Yeah, and, and also a lot of just general inv- in information and conversation. I would imagine for the majority listening today, vaginismus, they've heard that phrase for the first time, but that doesn't mean it is rare. It just means uh, we're, we're only really being able to, so I think we're only really talking about these things more now, but also there's people like you that are advocating and speaking publicly as well. So as I say, uh, whilst uh, knowledge of it might be rare enough, uh, it is quite a relatively common experience for women. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And it, as you said, it's not, it's not, um, people actually consider it also that when there is pain or discomfort down there, especially if it's during sex or during any type of exam, that it's actually normal or to be expected, whereas it's not normal, but it is very, very common. So we know that one in five uh, females experience this during intimacy, so like pain and discomfort um, when they're trying to insert something. But there's going to be very many, many other females that are putting this down to something else, I presume, as well. Or not getting it diagnosed, you know, it's just the way I am, is really what I was trying to say. Absolutely. And with Norma, the platform that um, we have, we've done a lot of research um, interviewing women about this and what is stopping women, actually, about 25% of, of women that we've spoken with, they actually fear that when they go to, if they do go to a, a medical professional, such as a GP, that they won't get the answers they need. And also, of course, it is quite a taboo area, right? A lot of the time when we go into uh, GPs, and especially as women, we might um, think that our issue will be dismissed. So that kind of that there's that element that does come into as well. And it is, uh, I suppose, it's when those sexual well-being issues are not addressed in a GP office. Um, it's not because they shouldn't be. It really is because they should be. It's just that we are actually not used to those issues being talked about openly as well. But that is changing. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, we, we, we you've touched on an awful lot in there, how it can impact on someone's life. But really quite worrying, I would imagine, is, is that women, uh, we know the importance of smear tests and what have you. Um, and, and often we're looking for excuses not to go and get ourselves checked out. I just would worry that there could be quite a proportion of the population with vaginismus who actually perhaps either don't go to or put off going for something as vital as a smear test, which is makes potentially much more serious as an already serious condition is. Absolutely, Greg. Yes. No, even um it's it's really around that kind of fear element. So it's it actually from a lot of women we've spoken with People actually forego getting their smear test done um, because of that as well. So it is a massive factor um, and it does make it a lot more serious um, because I suppose when we look at uh, another type of, we we'd call them, I suppose, in a medical sense, um, sexual dysfunctions. Um, I just think in terms of vaginismus, it's actually your body protecting you in terms of your pelvic floor muscles tensing. Um, so it, I would look at it in that way. But when we look at other types of sexual problems, such as erectile dysfunction, um, that kind of industry has been there for quite a while around that. So we know the likes of Viagra, we have lots of solutions around that that we can do. Um, whereas with vaginismus, because it's a lot more multifaceted, um, it can be hormonally related, it can be you know physical trauma, or it could be psychological as well. I hate to say this, right, but also it affects women. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder in terms of a research perspective, if this was fellas... Uh, that were yeah. being interrupted perhaps in their sex lives we'd have come up well we already have wouldn't we we've all, we'd have already come up with a solution and, and it, like it's I know people might go oh here he goes again but you, sometimes you just have to look at the evidence and facts and, and you can't help but wonder is that a factor Absolutely, no. And to that point as well, Greg, about five times more research exists on erectile dysfunction than it does on um, sexual pain and vaginismus. So that just shows you around the kind of, it's been um, perhaps not an area of focus within um, women's health research and health research overall. Um, and it does it does, you know, get a lot, a lot less funding uh, in terms of the, in terms of research. So if this, in terms of, of, of treatment, um, I presume it depends on what the trigger is. You know, if it is, uh, if it is uh, something that's psychosexual in nature, 
perhaps maybe it can work through through a counsellor or what have you or, or, or wor working or engaging with your partner or just with yourself uh, if this is a a, a a, a solely physical response has has anything been figured out yet in terms of addressing that absolutely yeah so actually to go back a bit what i would recommend to somebody if they are experiencing anything like this is obviously the first port of call would be their gp right because what you want to do is rule out if there's any physical obstructions um or physical problems that you know are actually triggering course, this yeah and um, so that would be the first thing that i would recommend to, to anybody um the second thing is you hit the nail on the head there if you are experiencing emotional problems around uh, around intimacy or it could be around fears around penetration um a sex therapist is phenomenal for, for that and they can help you explore those fears and understand why it's happening um, and what I think it is as well is uh, if pelvic floor physiotherapist is someone else also has the key to really helping people who have vaginismus I wish that I was referred to one when I had uh, when I was diagnosed initially with vaginismus um, and what they can do is really help you to um, under like to actually assess your pelvic floor um, and looking at the tension um, we know a lot of the time that people go to pelvic health physiotherapist because they've had a baby um, and but uh, people are kind of uh, that's people kind of assume that that's the only time you'd actually go to a pelvic health physiotherapist and um, a pelvic health physio can help you also alter life with all different types of problems as well and mm -hmm. um, but so that that's what I would recommend. If when you do go to your GP, hopefully um, they will they will refer you on to a gynecologist, which will be able to to rule out anything in yeah. terms of the, the 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 ripples of this, uh, you, you know, can be quite great. It can have quite an impact in people's lives because it can have an impact on people's relationships, and then. You know, who's to say it wouldn't be like us, but a, a fella could start getting insecure. <laughs> you know, let's take, let's make this our problem. <laughs> you you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and I, I jest, but you know, it's a reality. You know that that uh, the yeah. next thing you know, it and, and it's self perpetuating, isn't it? Because if there's a psychosexual element to it, I presume that the more of an issue it becomes, that the it, it the wor more worse it could get, or at least it could be harder to deal with. So it's certainly something worth talking about. Are, are GPs well educated in this area, uh, 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 Grania? Do you know, I'm just wondering, are a lot of women going to the GP and, and talking about this, or are there alternative sort of pathways to getting a diagnosis, stroke treatment? Or maybe our GPs are fantastic and have a great understanding of it. Yeah, no, definitely. I work with a lot of um, medical professionals as well, uh, both on a, like from advisors as well. And what we find is that a, that GPs don't get the training that they deserve on these types of psychosexual issues across the board. Um, and even to the point that gynecologists in the UK, in Ireland, they basically don't get the training either. So you're going and doing your master's, which is specialising in gynecology, and you're only getting part of a, a lecture on psychosexual issues, whereas people come into the clinic in the gynecology every single day and are presenting with these problems. It's one of the top three concerns mm. that actually gynecologists um, face when they when they get clients in the door. So we said so one in five uh, diagnosed diagnosed cases anecdotally, and maybe it's it's unethical, but I don't think it is. How, how prevalent do you actually think it is? You know, be it in, in in you know, like slightly impacting on people's lives uh, versus you know uh, the extreme uh, where it causes great difficulty. So it's one in five officially. Yes, where would you put yeah. that figure out anecdotally? I wonder. So I would, in terms of like the severity of mm. the conditions, so it is an absolute uh, spectrum. Yeah. So might be able to actually have you know when we look at intimacy you might be able to have um successful you know penetration penetrative sex however it might be really painful mm -hmm. um, or you might have to stop 
um, to the point where on the other on the other side of the spectrum um, it might be just impossible even at the thought of it so yeah, yeah, you might you know what I mean but what, what actually and this is this month is actually endometriosis awareness month and I think it's also uh, it just goes to show as well that from all of our from all of our qualitative research speaking with people um, we know that one of the main reasons uh, that you know it, it in people with endometriosis, their quality of life is impacted, is because of the um, the, the sexual problems they mm-hmm. actually experience, and that is um, painful sex and vaginismus. Yeah, yeah. So eight out of ten women who have endometriosis also experience pain during sex, and people with endometriosis are probably make up about ten percent of the female population. Yes, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, indeed. Okay, um, right. It's it's been very interesting and educational for an awful lot of people out there. I would say there's uh, there's going to be people saying, "What are you talking about that stuff on the radio for?" But anyway, that's fine. We have to do these. We don't have to do these things. It's the right thing to do. But also, I think uh, for there's going to be people listening that have got a name on something they've lived with. Yeah, you know, and I presume too, dependent on the triggers or the cause, you're going to have people that that this will come and go in their life. Uh, yes, yeah. I'd imagine yeah. that so they'd have periods of it being, you know. Uh, uh, encroaching on their life and others where things seem uh, to be. Right, okay, um, thanks for that, uh, Grania. Is there sort of like a, a go-to place with more info? Uh, is it Norma generally? ...on their roof, and we are going to see a lot more You businesses. do need planning permission for that, do you? You do, yeah, yeah. And, that, and, and, and quite an extensive. So we're going to see... Uh, you know, this will be common on the roofs. It'll of, be interesting to see uh, if we ever find out how much of their power is serviced by... Well, no doubt they yeah. will uh, market that well, I have no doubt. <laughs> All right, OK, as you say, uh, we're going to see much more of that going forward. Uh, a survey out on the local economy. Yeah, no, I know uh, you uh, were uh, speaking uh, during the week uh, with uh, Dahi Ramsey, wasn't it? Uh, it was, it was yeah. on with John, yep. yeah. Yeah, and... Um, now, the value of a theatre to a local area. They've done a study on the, the local economy and how it's affected by the Millennium Forum in Derry. And they found out that in 2023, it contributed some 16 million to the Northwest economy. So if you have a, a sellout show, people are going maybe for a meal beforehand or going for a few drinks. Some people may have come to the... Uh, to stay the night in the in the city, and the same would apply to other theatres in, in the northwest. So it just shows uh, they they did this survey and they found out that for every uh, thirty five, every hundred euro that was put in in terms of a grant, thirty five euro comes back straight away. So you know it's it's just uh, that. Back to the circular yeah, economy. Exactly. If you spend money yeah. and it goes around locally, yeah, one euro or one pound spent yeah. there, uh, it, it ripples out. Uh, the, the next story here is, is uh, what I don't think sometimes a lot of people uh, in authority get. If something is a good idea, if something makes sense, and if something is relatively affordable, you don't have to shove it down the public's throat. They will auto-adapt. It's kind of like a, a quasi-just uh, transition. And that's exactly what we have seen with e-bikes. Obviously... You know, talk of electric cars, solar panels, all that kind of stuff. It's being pushed really, really hard. People are slow to adapt. But people see the sense in the e-bikes and they don't need to be convinced of the benefits of them, I don't think. Absolutely. Now, there's some figures out. The Confederation of the European Bicycle Industry, it's estimating that the way the growth in e-bikes is going in terms of sales that by 2030 in Europe, we could have more e-bikes been sold than cars. Mm-hmm. Now, that's quite a quite a change. Here in Ireland, 
Uh, the sales are, it looks as if they, they could approach 20,000 sales in, in, in this year or thereabouts. Annual car sales in the Republic of Ireland are about 120,000 a year. So there's a gap to go, but there's no doubt about it. We'll, we'll all probably have e-bikes in 10, yeah, 15 but, years. But also, too, really, this talks to, uh, you will see, I would say, and I have no clue on this, but my uh, instincts would tell me, common sense would tell me, that where the cycling infrastructure is better, you will see more sales. It's a chicken and egg situation. You know, you, infrastructure can't follow the... Uh, the, the product as such, I don't think. But anyway, we'll watch with interest. Nothing about that story uh, surprises me. And warnings for business over this uh, bank holiday. Oh, I said bank holiday. I really try and avoid that. The public holiday weekend, St. Patrick's Day and Sunday, of course, and the public holiday Monday. Yeah, Network or Netwatch Ireland, uh, which is a company based in Carlo in the security sector. Just warning, you know, there is an increase in break-ins and security breaches during the uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend period, some premises could be closed for four days. And it's not often that mm. you have four days mm-hmm. in the calendar year closed. So just a little bit more vigilance and maybe put a few extra measures in place. Okay, now on to uh, the podcast itself. Business Matters released every Wednesday. Chris, you guessed uh, this week? Uh, this week, looking at uh, Kinniger Brewing, a real Donegal success story. Um, started off in Rathmullen, uh, and it's now one of the leading independent craft beer breweries. They uh, moved to Letterkenny, and in recent weeks, they've been commissioning a new bottling line that will increase efficiency and capacity. And I've been speaking with the uh, co-founder and co-owner, Libby Carton, about their continued expansion and also uh, challenges around things, including recycling. So in 2017, we moved our brewery from Rathmullen to Letterkenny. And in 2018, we bought our own canning line so that we could can in-house. And since then, we've debated, I suppose, whether we would switch exclusively to canning and whether we would keep bottling because it was much less efficient, um, more expensive in many ways. And canning seemed to be the, the way of the future. So over the past 18 months, we spent a lot of time making up our minds, uh, doing the maths and also deciding just what we would like for the business, whether we would keep bottling and we reached the conclusion that we would like to keep bottling but that meant we had to invest in our in our mm-hmm. bottling. We couldn't keep doing it in the same incredibly labour-intensive way right. that we had been doing right. it. We were in the position of being able to pursue both markets and we thought it was a strength of Kinniger's that we, that we have both bot- bottling and canning so we decided to commit to it rather than uh, streamlining things. In order to get the the, the size and the quality of uh, machine that we wanted, we had to go the second-hand route. But it's a good time to buy second-hand equipment because so many breweries are getting out of bottling and committing solely to canning. We found a very good used bottling line near Vancouver in Western Canada. So it's, it's an, an Italian make. It's a, it's a guy bottling line. So it went from Italy to uh, Western Canada and the brewery that had it there bought it just at the wrong time. They they invested in the bottling line just when the bottle market was completely dying there. Right. So they bought a very expensive piece of equipment, got perhaps two years use out of it and then gave up bottling. Uh, so we were able to get it at a, an affordable price. Right. Okay, interesting stuff. You can hear that full interview, of course, uh, in the podcast. And... Uh, a real success story, Kenneger, growing all the while. Yeah, they, they have a range of 
12 core products. They also do a number of seasonal specialities and as well as cans and bottles, the, the keg, the draft beer side of the business, that's growing a lot. And uh, they've uh, started to run tours of the brewery and these have proved to be very popular three different types of tour and offer so uh, a lot happening down there and uh, a great uh, success story business matters on after the six o'clock news on sunday and if you want to contact me you can email me business matters at highlandradio.com okay go to the website right now if you want to hear it uh, in advance it's a digital first program and it's in the listen back section there of uh, our website. All right, Chris, thank you very much as always. We'll be back with more in the 9 Till Noon show after this quick break. The 9 Till Noon show with Letterkenny Credit Union, now offering mortgages from 40,000 to 600,000 euro with no hidden fees or transaction charges. Letterkenny Credit Union, 9102127. The Big Kahuna is back for the bank holiday weekend. The Euro Millions Mega Draw will be a guaranteed jackpot of 130 million euro on Friday, March 15th. 130 million euro? Time to dream big. So don't forget to get your ticket. The National Lottery. It could be you. Play responsibly. Play for fun. Nutrius Milk Replacer Range, which includes NutriStart and NutriStart Plus, offers the best start to your cows this spring season. With 23% and 25% crude proteins, ideal for calf-to-beef and heifers rearing systems. Give your calves the best possible start. Available in your local homeland store. Visit Nutrius.ie for full nutritional information. I've just had the Eclipse Cinemas experience. Wow, they truly have taken a night at the movies to a whole new level. Amazing recliner chairs, director's lounge VIP room, pizza and hot food served to your seat. Have a glass of wine and enjoy the film on the big screen. Try it for yourself at Eclipse Cinemas Lifford Strabane, where the stars shine brighter. By the way, the pizzas are amazing. You can book your seat anytime at EclipseCinemas.ie. Get ready for an amazing bank holiday weekend sale at Easy Living Furniture. For this weekend only, absolutely everything's reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 429 Donut 240cm dining table for only 249 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture, Crescent Link Retail Park. Donegal County Council invites you to an information evening on initiatives shaping the future of sustainable living, including the Community Climate Action Fund, Vacant and Derelict Properties Refurbishment Grant Scheme and insights into SEAI grants. The event will take place in the Letterkenny Public Services Centre on Thursday 14th of March from 5.30pm until 8pm. Attendees are advised to bring along a recent electricity bill. Join us and share experiences and insights from industry leaders. Booking not essential. For new perspectives and a fresh vision, join me, Greg Hughes, on the 9 Till Noon Show every Thursday at 10.15 for your voice, your community. And it's me, Greg Hughes, on the 9 Till Noon Show. You're very welcome back. Uh, Greg, we have a young girl in our, constru- in our construction company. Her attitude to work is put her head down and keep going. She's put a lot of young lads to shame and is only a team. Congratulations to Monsignor Eamon McLaughlin on his new appointment. We have not forgotten you in Letterkenny, says a listener. Um, Right. St. Patrick's was a migrant to Ireland, a single male, undocumented one. Oh, that's Taoiseach Leo Varadkar's comments. He said it in a speech to the Irish-American community in Boston. How out of touch is this man, asks a listener. 
Uh, back to this course, uh, getting women into construction. If the course is for women, considering that women normally have childcare working during the day, it's not really practical for a lot of women who would like to train, or is it to train young women to enable them to emigrate with the ticket? Well, the whole idea is that there's a, a job hopefully waiting for them at the end of it, not out foreign, but here. And I, I get it that the, everything in life, there's always sort of flip sides or negatives. The way I see it is this is an opportunity for a group of women uh, to get brilliant training and get into an area of work where they're underrepresented. And yes, I get it where you could sort of talk about sexism or favoritism or you could talk about, you know, emigration. But just basically, it's good. It's positive that there's an opportunity for a group of women to, uh, to, to get educated, to get trained in construction and go into work in that area and no doubt bring different perspectives uh, to it. Right. But anyway, listen, I understand. But uh, not everything, there's not an angle and everything, but maybe there is. All right. Adrian Gallagher is the IFA National Chief, Sheep Chair. He joins us now. Good morning to you, Adrian. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, Greg. Right now, the IFA has launched No Dogs Allowed campaign. Uh, it was launched back in 2021. Uh, talk to us about the campaign, and of course, it's it's relaunched every year from since, uh, I take it. Yeah, that's correct, Greg, actually. Yeah, it's something that the IFA have taken on board, actually. I, I pretty much taken on board some ownership around this to try and inform the public uh, that... I suppose in certain places, particularly on farms and on, on, on open commonages, that uh, we would prefer to see if people didn't bring their dog when they go for a walk in, in, in these areas, you know, uh, and purely down to the fact that we've, we're seeing too many uh, sheep killed and sheep warding incidents happening, which causes uh, a lot of havoc and a lot of, I'll say, stress on the sheep and, of course, on, on, on the farmer himself, you know. So, yeah, we've relaunched the campaign again this year. Uh, so yeah, and I think to I think to if we uh, if we look at um, if we asked a lot of people what they believe you know the damage the dog can do to a sheep, they're going to be in their heads. I suppose the dog slipping off at night, running through the field, chasing the sheep down, and what have you. But that's not actually required really for uh, for uh, sheep to be startled or to be worried or to abort their lambs or what have you. It, it can be far more innocent, in inverted commas, than what we might perceive uh, dog-bothering sheep is. Yeah, that's true, actually. We have a couple of different scenarios here. We have, the, we have I suppose, dogs been uh, unattended, actually, and gone off, as you say, in the evening time or night time and, and, and mating up another dog and gone off and, and killing sheep. And the, uh, would say, powers to the... Uh, Dog wardens and local guide, you would say, where and if the occasion arises, then that the guide yeah. or the dog warden have the rights to seize dogs and, and remove them from the premises and 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 humanely. And, and there's more, Adrian, but there's one that have, have kill. there's what more there, Adrian, but there's one that actually jumps out at me as well, and it's uh, suggestion number eight authority to apply the legislation obligations to dogs in border regions owned by persons not resident in the state. Now, I'm not saying it is dogs, uh, visitors' dogs uh, that are causing the issues, but in terms of, and it's not just in this area, it's in terms of the blue flag, uh, the rules, uh, you know, there's a lot of people from outside uh, the Republic of Ireland that holiday and visit and explore Donegal with their dogs. At the moment, really, there's no... The, the legal powers do not extend to them. 
they don't naturally know. No, and and Donegal being a border county as as all the other border counties along along Ulster, like yeah, we do have a scenario where dogs can roam across, and and uh, we don't have the authority to uh, to uh, well, we do have the authority to put them down if they were caught in the act, mm-hmm. but we don't have the authority to go across and, and sign cross border. So yeah, there is a. a, a a very grey area there that needs to be looked at and needs to be, to be re-legislated around, you know. All right, some uh, sheep have already lambed, uh, others are with lamb um, and, and will be lambing over the next few weeks or so. It's a tough old time uh, for people keeping an eye on it all without then having to worry about uh, dogs out of control or actually even the owner thinking they are under control when they're not. They're still causing uh, anxiety and stress uh, to sheep and that can have real uh, strong ramifications and so much of a farmer's time through the winter and what have you is put into this time of the year uh, a lot of effort and time and concern for the animal of course but a lot of effort and time and money uh, can go down the chute very quickly Adrian thank you very much for your time Adrian Gallagher IFA National Sheep uh, Chair weather on the way The Nine Till Noon Show is brought to you by Letterkenny Credit Union with monster loans available up to €60,000 for all occasions visit letterkennycu.ie from family feasts to cosy date nights and everything in between, discover the Curry Cottage Indian Restaurant and Takeaway in Stranorlar. Indulge in award-winning, top-quality food, whether you dine in or order online for takeaway convenience at thecurrycottage.ie. With our doors open seven days a week with tasty food and a warm welcome. Taste the excellence at the Curry Cottage today. At Kumi's Home Interiors, we pride ourselves on offering you the very best in choice, quality and value on all home furnishings. Treat your home with a visit to Kumi's today and choose from our large range of suites, tables, beds, not to mention our large selection of home accessories. Our motto is, if you see it, you can buy it and we will deliver it to your door. Kumi's Home Interiors, Letterkenny Retail Park. Style and perfection at incredible value. Kia is now making it easier to go green, offering 0% finance on the all-new Kia Nero. With an impressive 460 kilometer range on a single charge, the Nero ensures you can go the distance without compromise. Visit imotors.ie today and avail of this limited offer. Fancy a free glass of Prosecco while admiring one of Donegal's best views? Join us on our first wedding fair at the Water's Edge Rathmullen on Saturday the 23rd of March from 11am to 3pm. We will be joining forces with Ultimate Touches and other vendors to showcase the Water's Edge Rathmullen as your public prosecutor. And of course, the reason I wanted to speak to you, Andrea, is to let people know that as well as dealing with everything else that you're dealing with, of course, you want to uh, you want to be out there uh, for uh, sentencing. And there's a huge cost in relation to that. Uh, you're asking people uh, to support you any way they can to that end. So you can go out there and, and see. Oh, that was Daniel's best friend decided last night to set it up. Because we have outstanding lawyers fees as well, mm. and she thought that it'd be nice if I could go over there for to give my own victim impact statement in person rather than emailing it over. As you're aware, I've never seen the court, and she thought it'd be nice for me to see the courtroom. Me and Jolie. I think too, as part of your life going forward, too, Andrew. I think it's important that you go over and let them hear exactly the loss that you've 
been through, uh, not the loss, the, your loss and what you've been through. And for you to be able to see, uh, it seems likely this person uh, convicted of this this crime, I think that's that's going to be really important for you, Andrea, on your journey through life to have that. It's just a finally getting my voice heard and for the judge to understand what loss Danielle been taken from us has caused by our family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and I know, so much grief and loss. Yeah, and I know Andrea's, uh, sorry, I know Danielle's friend is behind this as well. And sometimes, you know, we, we don't, we can be a bit embarrassed by, by looking for a little bit of help, but she started this and it will help you get over there. And I'm sure people will be really generous. She's actually the girl. Yeah. Louise is actually the girl that actually told me Danielle passed away. Oh, no. Right. Okay. So there's that extra connection there. So she would be her best friend. Right. We have a really close bond. That's lovely. Okay. Brilliant. I'm glad she's doing this for you. If you can support Andrea in any way, uh, please go to the Truth for Danielle McLaughlin Facebook page. Andrea, we'll talk again into the future. I hope you're, you're getting all the strength that you need to get through this impossible week for you. But thanks very much, as always, for having a quick chat with us. And Greg, could I ask your viewers for plenty of prayers because court's back on tomorrow, which is also her, the day I found out she passed away. Oh, my word. Okay. Our big day tomorrow. Court back tomorrow, and that's the actual anniversary of... Beautiful Danielle's passing. Thank you, Andrea. Take care of yourself. God bless. And that's where we have to leave it on the show today. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at nine. Stay tuned. John Bresson's coming up shortly. The Nine Till Noon Show is brought to you by Letterkenny Credit Union. Digital loans now available. Apply online or via our app today and get your loan transferred directly to your current account. There's more furniture than ever on display in the extended showroom at McGinley's Furniture Letterkenny. More sofas and suites, more bedroom and dining room furniture, and much more occasional furniture. If you're adding to your home or making some changes, call into McGinley's Furniture, Portlink, Business Park, Port Road, Lettery Kenny, or visit McGinley'sFurniture.com. How many Hollywood actors can fit into one tiny box? Thousands! If that tiny box is Virgin Media's new streaming TV, there's other stuff in there too. Live sports, that show you like, your favorite apps, tons of entertainment, and even voice activation crammed in there too. So play it your way with streaming TV from Virgin Media. It's playtime. T's and C's apply. See virginmedia.ie. Subject to availability. Third-party costs may apply. Must be a Virgin Media broadband customer. Actors not actually inside box. Ireland's best broadband. See virginmedia.ie forward slash Century Complex is a perfect destination for your family to out this Easter with lots of options in backstage bar and grill, a selection of movies and Century Cinemas and don't forget our Easter party and Century Play on Sunday the 31st of March from 10.30am to 12pm for that final hurrah before our extensive renovations begin. Check out our website.